Today's episode is brought to you by The Northman, an action-filled epic from visionary director Robert Eggers with an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. Witness the rise of The Northman as he discovers that fate has no mercy. The Northman is only in theaters April 22nd. Visit thenorthmanfilm.com to learn more. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hope everybody's doing real good. How are you doing? It's another episode. It is episode 330 of Weekly Games Chat. Ah, feels good to be back in the saddle with the boys. My name is Sean. We are streaming live on twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat. If you ever wanted to see what we look like or just to come hang for a minute or whatever. Uh, and yeah. He's looking just adorable, so I'm going to him first. Um, he's drinking a beer. We're going to find out what that is, and he has a button up on. I can't tell if it's freshly ironed or not because I'm not in person. Buttons are opening up, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> John, turning into OnlyFans really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, sir? It's good to see you. We might have just got banned. Right? It's over with. We've, we've broken rules, and it was nice being on Twitch. <laughs> Right. <laughs> hot tub streams let's get it so but, uh, as far as beer goes i'm drinking uh same thing as last week uh aldi's own independence harbor oh nice an amber ale it's an amber ale very very amber <laughs> um and i just i just got uh just have a question who the who the hell did the news this week have you seen it it's, it's great uh, seen it? it's great the news is it's uh, it's there. That's it's it's news. I tell that you guy, that much. That guy needs to tighten up. Whoever that is, that guy. Hey, John, I hate I'm three. not drinking with you. Last week you got me inspired, and I was drinking the uh, the Smirnoffs. I got them ready for this week, but something happened, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Where well, I don't you didn't get drinking. you didn't get as drunk as I thought you would. As I well, as I hoped. Well, mm. I I'm a I'm a happy drunk okay. when I uh, and I kind of just get more giggly and stuff. If I get and I go from like happy to hammered quick. Okay. So there's no like and then all of a sudden if I'm hammered, it's not good. But I knew I had stuff to do, so I kind of started tempering my all of that all that stuff. But yeah. Okay. We 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 talk like like alcohol like noobs uh, and and we we got to pass this on to our resident alcohol expert. He is he know he goes to Some places call it an they, alcoholic. You're not an alcoholic. I wanted to be careful to say that. But uh, what's up, Chris? How you doing, man? It's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, I'm actually, I don't have a beer right now. Which is crazy. Are you doing that thing again this week where you want to wait? No. That was pretty fun last week. I I think I'm going to wait till the show is done. I mean, like when the onus is on, uh, on, the topic is on, you know, 
where I know I'm going to have to have to say things right. Like, yeah. And, and all that, then I kind of would prefer not to, you know, get to the 55 hour mark and begin to be like, this is just a great game. guy. super great. So dude is so it's good. It's a great game. Well, especially coming <laughs> Do off. You the sound hill. like Trump when you're drunk. Do I? So good. <laughs> um, Last week, I feel like we've gotten it, and I pay attention to this from week to week, but from a social media perspective and from like our Discord perspective, it, we had a little bit of influence on the sales of Metroid Dread. I want to give you guys mm-hmm. a round of applause, especially John. Great job last week, John, pushing the sales up for Metroid Dread. It's good stuff. Someone Did I miss another piece of news? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, this is, this is completely, that's, first of all, that's a funny joke. Second off, uh, it's I completely made that up. I don't know if you influenced it, but you had to have because I know I, I saw at least a post <laughs> when somebody bought the game because of you. We are so. the most listened to video game podcast on every other Tuesday in the month of August. There you go. Oh, I like it. Uh, and we are also the world's most okayest podcast. <laughs> we have those shirts coming out for you to purchase soon. That's another lie. Uh, but what's not, <laughs> what's not a lie? And I, guys, I need your help on this for real. Yeah. Okay. So this is this is the final podcast before Halloween. Halloween is Sunday, oh, and I, I I DJ Saturday night, and it's expected of me, even if it's an own self expectation. I need to dress up as something. Hmm. So I need to ask you first: Are you guys dressing up for any event, party, or anything? If you are, I would like to know what those are. And if you're not, that's cool. I still need advice, and I got some uh. that I'll give you of what I'm thinking about being, and then you kind of can help me out. Because this is hard. I need to circle back with friend of the show, Jeff, because we had discussed it because they are apparently doing a costume thing at our local watering hole. And because we're off this week, it's kind of like, well, why don't we go to that? Right? Why don't we? Yeah, exactly. It's bye week. Might as well go have fun. So we had been talking about um, doing Letter Kenny. So I need to buy some overalls. Um, that's not hey, and I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you. This mm-hmm. is this is friend stuff here. Uh, mm-hmm. if well, you know what, it can't be a fair challenge because if you go, to, never mind. Ixnay on the challenge. I was gonna say if you're dressed up and already out on Saturday, come see me. But if you're drinking, I don't want that to happen. You never I know. know. We get, might. Uh, I want you guys to be safe. I know, but if if you can get there safely and get home safely, all that that's cool. What time do you um, go on? You usually go on like at nine, right? I go. I start at nine. We we go into the set a little light, Chris. We don't come out banging. You know, yeah, it just depends. I mean, yeah. it, very possible if we just know that's all we're doing that evening, I might just take an Uber and then I can come over and see you. Well, and, we'll see. That'd be really cool. And and John, are you kind of, I see your thinking hat on. Are you dressing up at all? Do you even believe in Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> I think John's dressed up more than anyone I've known through the years. Like he didn't used to, but I've seen him a couple of times have outfits for that's various awesome. Halloween things. Well, this year, my wife, uh, your, your wife, she came, she came home, um, Saturday hmm. <laughs> and bought me, uh, a costume, for, you know, for the purpose of, you know, sitting outside and giving out candy to the kids. kids. Yeah. And so what it is basically is, um, <laughs> some panda ears. Oh, panda, awesome. Panda. Some panda gloves that look like paws. A little something to put behind me as a panda tail. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a uh, humiliating gonna, um, Halloween. Are you going for the full, like, uh, paint the, the nose black and all that? 
God, I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> We're all black. But, and then, well, you don't pandas have some white too. So, well, never, oh, I'm, I'm going out. shirtless. <laughs> You're going kung fu panda? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I'm going to go roar. Kids are going to come up. I'm chewing on a uh, bamboo <laughs> yeah. dick. <laughs> and again, you, you gotta, can you see that. Say slow down because <laughs> it's, it's right, Chris. Right. Slow down. <laughs> oh, man. But, or ka ching. Or Kaching, yeah. yeah. So either or go Kung Fu Panda it, no, uh, or a Panda and Wow. I'm sorry, I'm Those sorry. Your- Skadoosh. Huh? That's what it is. Skadoosh. Yeah. And you can see this on John's OnlyFans, which will be launching Saturday night with this great video. It's going to be great. That well, was John, a lie. I, I thought of you, uh, like I, when I when I tossed this out, first of Where all, I were you and what were you doing? Both, both of y'all are going to possibly dress up, which I, I wrote this question down and I actually put a, a, a sad smiley because like there's no way they're going to, and you came through. So I, kudos to you guys. I normally don't. And if, if I don't hear from Jeff and I don't get this stuff ordered probably by tomorrow morning, uh, You're out. I'll, I'll be fine yeah. not dressing up. And I feel like I, I'm, I'm only fine with this because it's, I mean, it's like putting on flannel and overalls. That's not yeah, really well, a hard it, it, thing. But man, it. I get where you're coming from on one hand. On the other, it's like, as adults, we don't get to go trick-or-treating anymore. And if we can find an excuse on one night to have fun and just be silly, let's, let's take advantage of it. Whether it's sitting there with panda ears or dressing up as Letterkenny, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with well, me, Sean, you can go trick-or-treating. <laughs> I do, and I go with Tinley, and it's great. No, you can go by yourself. Dude. You might get arrested. You, I actually think there's there's been some pretty cool houses, because you got to think parents are our age now. Right. Um, and they would probably give me like a snicker bar or something just to be funny. You'd have to play it right. You couldn't be creepy. You so, but I want to, I want to dress up. Last year, I dressed up very last minute. I had a classic scream costume, gloves, boots, the, the, uh, mask and the cloak. I had all of it. It's legit. A little thing that ties and blows in the wind. So I was like, it had been a, it had been a minute, been a while Beware. since I wore it. So I decided I'm, I can wear it to the club. Hey, I, I got to be able to hear because headphones have to stay on the whole time. Mm-hmm. Dude, so many people came up and were taking pictures with me. And there's there's a picture of me from last year on phones everywhere. And they may have deleted them, posted them, whatever they did with them. And it was the coolest thing ever. But it made me go, you know what? People are having fun and doing that kind of stuff. So I was either, I was thinking of being a, like a Southern 70s rocker. Think, think Ronnie Van Zant. Uh, I was thinking of something uh steampunkish that but here's the deal well i could put goggles on my head but here's the thing those costumes are so intricate mm-hmm. holy lord like i don't that's john's little niche as far as style he loves it but you start looking at what it takes to cosplay is that super hard to do uh i looked into to dressing up as um a, a traditional uh, is it ds de las mortas so think of think of the movie Coco, and when Coco goes to the other side, gotcha. Um, you know he's or I could dress up as freaking Coco. I'm just trying to think of things that don't require my head to be covered up with a wig. So the Southern rocker thing was kind of like, man, that would be pretty funny to do. Um, so I, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know what to be, but I want to be something because I do want to, you know, enjoy that moment. If I Live, go, you know. And I see yeah. that you're wearing a Fred Durst outfit again. I've only done that once. I've yeah, done that once. Red Yankee hat was backwards. I had the gold uh, <laughs> or the wallet with the 
the chain hanging out. I had some saggy pants on, a red shirt or something like that. I mean, I looked. It was funny. I've been dead mouse before. Uh, I made that head out of a gigantic gerbil ball thing. That was pretty awesome. Um, so I don't know. I got to keep looking because I'm like you, Chris. If we don't get something ordered by tomorrow online, we're screwed and we have to go to a local store. Yeah. And it seems like they're outrageous. It seems like <laughs> you have to make DJ money to be able to buy stuff from there. So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, speaking of DJ money, speaking of DJ money, John, I had a friend and um, they were at work. So I'm at, I'm at my real job working, and, and the Braves win. So they disclosed to me that they immediately, the, the minute the Braves made the World Series, they went to go see how much tickets cost. Do you have any idea how much tickets cost for standing room only for the first game at uh, Truist Park? I would imagine it's up in the in the G's. Yeah, it was close to $2,000 for standing room. I swear, it's like all Georgia sports, if they make it there, there's so much it, excitement. It, you know, for me, it, it, it ticks me off in football-wise because I just want to go see Alabama play and they're in Atlanta and I don't have to drive three and a half hours to do it and deal with the tailgating and all that. I could just drive up there an hour and a half before the game, get on the MARTA. I'm at the stadium. Boom, we're there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it takes 45 minutes to get back to my car after the game's over and I'm home and it's right. not three o'clock in the morning. Right. But right. the thing with Georgia fans, and it's the same. I'm sure here with Braves and it'd probably be true. Honestly, if the Falcons <clears throat> got their act together and, and got far into it, it's just, they go crazy. You know, they, they don't always show out when it's there in the season, but once they know they're good, those fans, they're going to show up. You ain't going to have a problem having a packed house at, you know, with the home crowd there. It's, that's the way they yeah. are. First time in the series since 99. So the series is set. And that's the thing that I heard on the radio. <clears throat> so I, I'd like to get your guys' take on it. So imagine you're neutral. John, I know that the Braves are your team 1B, if you will. 1A was the Dodgers. Um, but so the thing is now Dusty Baker never made never won a World Series. He's the manager of the Astros there in the World Series. Astros have kind of won the thing recently. Do we want to see Did they though? Did they? Right. Right. Uh do we want to they see played, the Braves? They played against the Dodgers, by the way. That's yeah, where they, they cheated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Asterisk. Um so do do the Braves or do you who who do you think the nation roots for? The Braves, who haven't been there since ninety nine. Mm. And they got demolished by the Yankees. Or do you go for a Dusty Baker, who is the new manager for the Astros, not involved in the scandalous thing? And he's kind of a, if you watch baseball, you kind of possibly, he, he, he's successful almost everywhere he goes. Hmm. Everyone's going to root for the Braves outside of those that live in the Houston, Texas area, I would say. Think so? Yeah, just because yeah. it, it's, it's kind of like Patriots post uh, deflate gate. Once that comes out, at least for five years, doesn't matter who's on the team now. They're going to get branded. They have to go down and then come back up, right, before people will look at them as something different. Well, in chat, you know, I mentioned at the start of the show, we're on Twitch, and we have uh, have, uh, 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 K. Solomon in chat. He says, got to rep the home team, go Astros, and that's right on beat with what you just said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Houston area, they're going to go Astros all the way, obviously. And I wonder how much – I hope we get to see a graphic like where it says, like, this many people, this is how we're 
almost like a polling graphic from like an election. This is how many people from all the parts are rooting for the Braves. Uh, it's going to be crazy. I don't, I don't think they have a shot. <laughs> the Braves? Yeah, I don't think they have a shot. And I know you're thinking I'm crazy because um, you just, you just, you, your team just played them and y'all played tough and your team's legit good. Um, I just feel like the Astros, something happens. I don't know how to explain it. I'm a neutral when it comes to the Astro, Astros. Um, but they found a way to shut you down. The Red Sox, I, that's my team. I'm going for them. Last three games, they're 0 for like 17 or 20 yeah. with runners in scoring position. Well, Sean, amazing. Sean, I, uh, this is not a knock on the Braves at all. Um, I, I knew 100% that they were not going to win the NLCS. I knew that. Dodgers were going to take it in six. Yeah, I you mean, call- this, this is a team that won 106 games in the regular season. The Braves only won 88. I mean, that's, that's a big deficit. But what I've learned and what I should have realized, I mean, everybody talks about how in the 90s the Yankees were the team of the 90s. But as far as a win percentage, the, the Braves great. won more games, yeah, probably 20% more games than the Yankees did. Yeah. But, but when you win that many games during the regular season, you're hurt. Your ace pitcher has a bad elbow. I mean, you beat yourselves to death when you win that many games. Yeah. So I've learned something. At least I was reminded of something. A lot of times when the Braves would would, would come into the postseason, they'd be the they'd be the team with the most wins, but they'd be the most tired and beat up team because it beats you up physically to be that good. I don't know. Um, well, I felt so like I think I, I think that the Braves are going to they're they're going to bring the bats. I mean, Rosario was hitting everything. Yeah. You know, if I were the Dodgers, I would have I would have just pitched low and inside. Rosario was pitch was hitting low and inside. He was hitting them high. He was he was hitting the splitters. He was hitting everything. Well, I think you know, Braves, I think Braves momentum. I think they're going to take it. Well, you, I mean, in baseball, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, they're coming in hot, obviously. Um, but so are the Strohs. But the, but I think I worry about baseball. You get on streaks, and you know that. I'm not sure. mansplaining anything to anybody who knows anything about baseball. But in the in one swing, one hit that you think, man, I should have – what I just got robbed. Well, I just know how easy it is. I played baseball for a lot of years. You can all of a sudden go into a semi-slump yep. at the wrong time, and it could cost your team a series. But what are you going to say, Chris? I'll say that, to me, I thought the main reason the Braves won this series in part was that – as that, as John kind of alluded to, they Dodgers were beat up, you know, their best pitcher was out right Uh, for most of the series. And on the other side, I mean, yeah, I I was, I was just looking every single night and it's like, yeah, nine runs pretty much outside of the first night, like was the only time they struggled. And the rest of the time they were putting up pretty much nine runs, like clockwork every single night. And I just think, I don't know. It's really hard to see like right now. I I didn't think the Dodgers were honestly playing great this whole entire playoffs. They just found a way because of their talent to get through. And here it's like, now you got the other side of it where Houston's just looked like a freight train since pretty much the season ended. Well, the problem, one of the problems with the Dodgers in the postseason, Dave Roberts, Mm -hmm. I, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great manager, but he, but he manages his team in the regular season exactly the same way he does it in the postseason. Yeah. And you have to abandon your spreadsheets and charts in the postseason yeah, because everybody, everybody brings their A game to the postseason. And 
you just people don't play the way they show up on a spreadsheet in the regular season. It just it's not it's just not a thing. And Dave Roberts has gotten a World Series championship after out of the four or five times they've been this decade, but they, he could have gotten a lot more had he played it a little bit more instinctive. The way that uh, is it Snick, Snickter, the Braves manager. You, I mean, you look at the way they manage their teams. He's more he, he's more instinctive about it. And he gets better results in the, I mean, in the postseason. Well, I tell you so, what, we probably won't be like I know the first game. We, you guys all know this. We record on Tuesday night. It's Tuesday if you're watching us on Twitch. Uh, last part? last episode, John, the game was on and it was epic, and we were drinking and all of that stuff. I loved it. It was so different than what we normally done. Um, <laughs> first game is tonight, but I don't know if we're going to have that same enthusiasm. Even well, though I think a lot of us will be watching it. We'll probably be done by the time. Um, the, yeah, I'm, Chris, I'm, I, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I just said it a little more eloquently than you just did, Chris. I'll say this: ESPN <laughs> predictions for the series. Uh, <laughs> while the spread is very much in the favor of the Astros, I'm looking here, and the majority of the experts are expecting six to seven games. So it seems like, regardless, they all think it's going to be a really good series. Yeah, so that's cool. Series. <clears throat> hey, uh, I saw today on Twitter that it's a happy anniversary. Can you guys guess to what game came out today three years ago? <laughs> three years ago? Yeah. If they got it right on the tweet, and I kind of I kind of semi-fact-checked it. Far Cry 5? <laughs> no, that'd be <laughs> funny. <laughs> it was Chris. You guys, you guys made a bet on it. It's Chris's game. Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three, Red 2018, three years ago. Today. My horse is still... Not reach the other side of the map. Can you believe? But I brought that up because, guys, that was three years ago already. Yeah. It's been where? That's a fast three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, let's. Uh, what I was going to tell you guys is that you remember, I, so Netflix, if you got something you're watching, and I know, Chris, that you got something you might want to tell the crowd about because you told John about it. But I finished no, no, that inspiration little part, like semi documentary about the Inspiration Four team that went up with mm-hmm. SpaceX. I've never. I can't remember the last time I watched a series like that, a documentary, whatever you want to call it, a movie, tears at parts, laughter at parts, fist in the air at parts. And the scenery I got from this show, like the visual, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it before. It's fantastic. Highly, highly recommend. I was in a lull afterward, after that, and I stumbled down to, and you've probably heard about it, it's called uh, If I Die Tomorrow. It's the Leonard Skinner oh, okay. documentary yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm already like halfway done with it. <laughs> I think it's a one episode thing, but it's it's kind of fascinating. So highly recommend that too. But Chris, John, what are you boys watching? Any recommendations? Anything like that? I watched two things. Uh this two things. <laughs> <laughs> um both of them movies. I- I've watched shows too, but I don't think the shows at this point. Uh, I'll let I'll finish those before I talk about them. Um but uh there was, of course, the big release this week uh, on HBO Max. Dune has been released. Um, I haven't watched that, by the way. Yeah, um, I think it's very, it's very beautiful to look at. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I really like uh, this director. Uh, he did like Sicario and and other things like that before. He's he's a good dude. Love that uh, movie. So I was like really confused why he would want to do this because this has always been like a book that you're just like it's not made to be a movie. There's just, it's not like how 
Lord of the Rings is, right? Where Lord of the Rings is so much description about the environments and everything and the prestige of like what's going on and then actual action sequences and talking are not much of the page. So you can, you know, take something as large as the fellowship and reduce it down to, yeah, sure. It's still going to take three and a half hours. Right. But you can make it where it flows and people feel connected to the characters. Or you have something like say Harry Potter, where the first two movies are based on books that are very short and they are very descriptive. Right. Right. But it's okay because you don't really have to cut anything out. And it does a good job of, again, introducing you to the characters and, you know, in the world that you're coming into. Dune is a lot of talking, a lot of things going on, and it's a huge book. <laughs> and it's it just, like eight, 800 pages, I think, is the... Yeah. I didn't know it was a book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's got sequels after it, too. I mean, it, they Dune is like the... Dune is like the sci-fi Lord of the Rings to a lot in of many people. people's in many people's. And I think he does a good enough job of putting it there, but it's like this movie where honestly, the only thing was like the whole entire time I figured I knew where we were going. And I was just like, Oh, this is just <laughs> pacing and having to do a lot of exposition because you have to treat everyone coming into it as an idiot. Right. It's, it's just what you have to do with movies. You can't presume that everyone has read Doom. You have to explain what the heck is going on, why Spice matters, you know, why these different houses have this conflict and they're battling over things. And, you know, it's just, it, it felt like by the time I was done, I was like, okay, well, that was a thing. And I think if it had been maybe the first two episodes of a mini series of like 10 episodes, I've been like, okay, that was really cool. Cause then you could take the time to build it out. But, I don't know how you do these movies in two and a half hours. And like, I know they greenlit the sequel today. Right. Um, said it's definitely coming, but I don't know if that's going to be how far they're going to go as far as a time jump, because there is a lot of this book. They still have not done um, when you get to the end of it. So I don't know. I think it's, it's definitely worth a watch if you like sci-fi and you like that high sci-fi stuff and you can take, big you know gorgeous uh cinematography with very heavy exposition of what's going on and then like maybe taking five minutes afterwards to read up what actually is what but you know is what is the other thing i watched though uh was injustice which is the animated dc movie that's adapted from of course originally the video game that was very popular and then later had its own comic book series and uh, I thought it started out really well, but unfortunately, again, it's like this thing where you're taking a whole comic book series and trying to cram it into here only like an hour and 45 minutes. And as such, like the back half of it gets really rushed real fast um, and just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. But I was like, ah, they were good. I, yeah, I was sad because like the first the first 45 minutes I thought were really, really good um, saying up like, <laughs> you know, what drives Superman to do the things he does. Um and how his his view has been shifted by the events of what the Joker does, um, but yeah, it just sucks. There is some really good voice casting in that though, so um, maybe if it comes to if that comes to HBO, maybe that's when you watch it. I would say it's not worth the the rental or anything or purchasing it. But those were the two things I watched. Two things. 
John, you got anything to add, buddy? No, nothing. Nothing worth really bragging about. Just zipping through the office again. <laughs> I like how you all, just. It, it's kind of again. the only thing I've got time to do. It's it's like a show you can, yeah, be distracted and watch because you've seen everything thirty times. Yeah, um, that for me. But then I just you know a good bit of my time was spent watching baseball. Yeah, yeah, which cut I mean, into the topic a significant amount. <laughs> but bro, but I mean, you, your Dodgers are playing your Braves. It's an epic series. I you, did. You I, I was very, I was very happy to watch the series. It, you know, despite my disappointment, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it, and I'm, and I'm very happy for the Braves. I, I, I hope they kick the crap out of the Strohs. Mm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, I, I, that's all I got, man. If you if there's anything else you want to add for the intro, I know we're trending probably closer to 30 minutes. He's got one thing. Of course he does. Go ahead, Chris. Roll Tide. Thank you. Oh, yeah, because uh, hey, Tennessee Week. Roll Tide, buddy. <laughs> and I was a I was a Richard just then, and you brought that for me, and I deserve to feel bad right now. That's what that's what I get. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish we had non-copyrighted DMCA things. We could just tune up Sweet Home Alabama right now and go into the topic. That'd be great. Or Dixieland Delight. <laughs> Or Dixieland. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys for hanging out for the intro. Next time you hear our voices, it will be the, what do we call it, Chris? Topic Tam. We made it, ladies and gentlemen. We have made it to uh, Topic Time Land. Topic Timeness, whatever you want to call it. However you got here, it doesn't matter. You're here. Uh, if you listen to the entire intro to make it, hey, what's up? If you didn't, you fast forwarded right to here. That's cool, too. You're here. Now, this is where I shut up. Chris puts an effect on, and he says a thing, and then we're off and running into the topic. So without further ado, here we go, Chris. The topic is... Bar Cry Six! Bar Cry Six, boys, in the house. Right. Uh, was that guy from uh, Breaking Bad in there? He was, along with Danny <laughs> Rojas from Ted Lasso. <laughs> Speaking of, man, I wish I would have remembered. Ne- remind me next time that we can talk about Ted Lasso that I bring up something. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Far Cry Six. <laughs> um, as we were talking about this, John wanted to play this game, but the Braves just didn't make it easy. If they had just beat him last week, he would have had plenty of time. But he had to suffer through the rest of the week going on that. But I think he got a little bit of time in. That's um, fine. But I spent it's, I've spent a good fine. little bit uh with Far Cry Six. I haven't finished it. I'm gonna say I don't know when I will. Because I'm finding more and more with these Ubisoft games that they're just like, they're they're really you feel like by the time you finish one of them, it's it's akin to you know leaving the Shire and going all the way to Mordor and then coming back. That's about how long it takes to beat an Ubisoft game these days. It feels like to me at least. Um, you know, I, I think John is still on his journey across mid, uh, England right now as far as uh, Valhalla, unless something has changed since the last time <laughs> I spoke to him. Um, but, you know, and I don't blame him because I wish I, I had taken that long route, too. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so Far Cry 6, uh, this one takes place on the fictional island of Yara. 
which is kind of modeled after Cuba, I think is yeah. what they were mainly going for. But there's definitely other, you know, intricacies that you can see allusions to other parts of Central and South America, right? Like those dictatorships and and all of that. Uh, and I think for a lot of people, it's going to maybe bring a little bit of feels back to Far Cry 3 when they I'm were glad on, you said that yeah Chris, did you not, even play this game i did uh <laughs> on the uh, rook islands there right like you definitely get that tropical jungle feel that maybe some people have been missing especially after they spent their last trip to far cry in the the hills of montana going around there i remember the, that episode you guys covered that game oof, yeah that was <laughs> yeah a, that was a very weird one <laughs> um but yeah so the setup, there's like actually a pretty intricate setup for this one. So it started originally back in apparently in the 60s. There was a dictator named Gabriel Castillo, right? He's ruling. He's terrible Castillo. dictator. Yeah. Yes, Castillo. Castillo, man. We don't Sorry. say the L's, dog. Yeah. Two yeah. L's in Spanish mean Y. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm terrible with all those. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, how Far Cry never goes to Japan. <laughs> oh, I kind of hope it does all of a sudden, John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so he was the dictator. He was terrible. Gorillas uh, rose up, threw him out, killed him. Uh, and his son, Anton, just kind of got away, but wasn't killed. Right. Uh, and it pretty much plunged the country into chaos. And it stayed that way for 40 years. They just, you know, became very poor uh, and terrible to the point where eventually... Uh, Anton, who is Gabriel's son, as I said before, resurfaces and he runs and is elected president primarily because uh, the company Viviro or something like that, I think it's called. I can't remember specifically what the name is, but like basically they've invented a new cancer revolutionary like cancer treatment drug that takes the tobacco that is prominent in Yara and combines it with a chemical and apparently it can cure cancer, right? So through that, he says, hey, elect me. I'll come in here and I will make Yara, you know, the powerful, great nation it should be. Once he gets in there, of course, he accuses all the politicians of being crooks and throws them out. He ups the military, makes a kind of mandatory service and all these things. And then finally, in the present day, when this game starts, he institutes a draft that is pretty much designed to to go out there and say, oh, we're going to take all the youth and we're going to have a random lottery, and those will be the people that have to go to the fields and harvest the tobacco plants for us so that we can make all this money for Yara. And really, that's just a cover for, I'm going to round up all the young poor people so they don't go join guerrilla groups and instead work in my fields where they will be, you know, exposed to toxic chemicals with no protection. And, you know, if they get out of line, I will have no problem shooting them in the head to maintain my control over the country. Uh, and as such, uh, El Presidente, right? Yeah. <laughs> as such, this is pretty much at the beginning of the story when Danny and her, uh, her group of friends has, or his friends, depending on how you want to choose, you could be male or female, uh, decide it's time to get the hell out of Yara. And they are trying to get to Miami uh with the yankees as they call us <laughs> um, q and the will smith uh banging club mega mix of miami no right? okay yeah <laughs> but uh yeah like 
suffice to say, their attempt to get out of the country does not go well. And soon Danny finds herself uh, joining the group known as Libertad, and which is a guerrilla group that is trying to, for the most part, take all these sections throughout Yara that have independent guerrilla groups that are fighting against something that Anton is doing to them and unify them under one banner so that they could finally overthrow his rule. Right. Um, and the big thing I think most people are going to notice if you've played other far cries right away is this is the first time in these far cry games where when you actually have cutscenes, instead of it being the consistent, always in first person, you never actually see your character's face thing. They actually modeled characters. And like when you have these cutscenes, you know, you're watching your version of Danny male or female act out with them. You, you know, you'll see them get hit and, you know, all that other stuff and kind of like in hopes, I think, to kind of make you feel a bit more connection with the characters than previous ones. You know, not to say that they didn't work, because personally, when Voss was in my face asking what the definition of insanity was, I was glued to what he was saying to me because I knew he was probably about to kill someone I loved. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that's the big difference, I would say, as far as how they present this to you. You actually do have full cutscenes, and they don't always run the greatest, I will say that, but they do bring a little bit more depth where you actually feel like your character is a real person as more as this avatar that's just saying things, and then they shut up and you go out there and do whatever the hell you want in the manner you want, right? Um, you actually see there is a plan and they have goals and aspirations for themselves. Um, and I have to say the story itself without spoiling too much, I think is the strongest part. I think this is the best story. Uh, it's a long one, you know, as I've said, <laughs> yeah. it seems like it's a long one, but it's been the best part of this game going through and right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it. No, I got it. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, <laughs> it's, yeah, like I've been critical of the last couple ones because this isn't the first time we've done a dictator. We had Pai Ming and, um, and Far Cry 4, and then, Pagan. or Pagman. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he was just kind of this weird guy that was just doing crazy things. Like he was insane. Right. And he would just show up and talk to you. And really he's only in the game, like three scenes, the whole entire game. He, the rest of the time he's just taunting you. Uh, but he didn't Sit feel down, relax, enjoy the Fang Rangu. Yeah. I'll be right, right back. back. Yeah. All uh, you had to do was wait. <laughs> and there is something you can do in this one too. Uh, for a similar ending, if that's what you want. Uh, but I won't spoil it. But anyways, like, wasn't that kind of a mini spoilage? They've done it. Well, in, they do the it in Far every Cries game. Do it. Yeah, okay. I don't know if Far Cry Three does it, but all the other ones have done it since. Far Cry Five did. Mm. Um, Far Cry Four did. Yeah, I don't know if so, Primal did anything, but uh, those are kind of different, right? Those offshoot ones. That, that was the track. one I played, guys. Prime, boom, Prime. This one, it's pretty good. But um, yeah, like it, the story itself, like Anton feels like a real person like you could tell he has goals the first is he has a son diego that he is very much trying to get in a mindset and set up where whenever his time is over much like say fidel castro or kim jong-un you know 
the family is going to be here ready to take it over and do it in the mindset of what I want. Right. Like that's one of his obvious goals. But the other thing is to make moves and decisions, you know, like he's just not some mass killer who's going out there and killing anyone at random. He's yeah, sure. He'll do that to poor people because he kind of feels like they don't matter and they're the easy to subjugate. But he also realizes there can be moves and choices made by people that can lead to more strain on him, even though they think they're doing the right thing for him. And you see those battles where he is consistently trying to control a message. He has a propaganda state, right? That's out there trying to convince everyone how great this drug is and how great Yar is and how united all these people are. He has people who are managing his tobacco fields uh, and such. And, and then, you know, he has a military that's going after gorillas very hard too and showing that they're trying to cast them as being fake yarns who don't really care about the country and just want more chaos like they did back in 67, you know? So all these things are working together to, to kind of convince you that he's not just some idiot. <laughs> I think he's maybe the most realized villain and there's, I, I've liked it so far from what I've seen. I've gone through pretty much about, two thirds of the zones that you have to liberate. And at this point there have been shocking moments. There've been revelations uh, throughout it. And he just compared to like where we were in five, where it just felt like a madman saying random things. And then it's just all drugs that are primarily controlling things. Everything here feels real to me. Like I understand why he is doing what he is doing and it. It feels grounded. Uh, and then, that's like, you know, to me, I almost wish there was a version of this game where the whole entire time I could just beeline it and not have to do anything else. Because the other side of this game, of course, is the open world side. And I think I'm, I'm coming into this as someone who is uh played just about outside of New Dawn was really the only one I haven't played uh from the last 10 years since Far Cry 3. I, for me personally, and I, I speak to this, this, like, this is going to be a thing of how much do you love the classic Far Cry formula and how much do you, or how long has it been since maybe you've experienced that formula? And for me, because I've experienced so much and because I've played a lot of the Ubisoft open world games, I'm feeling like this is something that's getting a little long in the tooth as far as for me. And it's, it's to a point where I don't even care about scouting camps anymore. As soon as I got a helicopter with rockets, I would just rain down chaos on these people because I'm like, I'm just going to keep killing them until they stop sending reinforcements and then I'll take care of the few that are left and, you know, we'll be done with this. Uh, and it really wasn't that hard for me to do <laughs> once I had that. Versus like when I think about Far Cry 3, how I would spend 30 minutes going around the encampment making sure I knew where all the alarms were looking, you know, and trying to figure out how do I take care of that heavy armor dude, right. Versus the snipers versus just the regular soldiers. I, I don't want to do that. And I have to, I know I have to do it because it's your fuel for weapons and resources fuel, to, be get, fire, me. Oh. to get better weapons. Right. Sorry. So it is okay. something that you're going to have to do. A lot of the other stuff is optional, but the, there are a couple of key things, mainly, the military bases and I would say the um, anti-aircraft guns that you're going to have to find yourself that whenever you see those, you're like, it's in my best interest to do these. 
Um, well, it's, it's real funny. And, and this, I love your perspective and I love that you'll say it. If you, you know, you mean it, you'll say it, mm-hmm. but people are loving this, this game mm-hmm. because it is, it's improved on what made far cry, far cry. And I read a lot of comments and, and doing a lot of research for the topic. Cause I don't want to just sit here and be like, you know, mm-hmm. just sit there and shut up, Sean. Right. Right. You know, make us laugh every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just be that guy, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but People are kind of digging that it, it it's the best Far Cry to date. It's kind of doing the things that you mentioned that you're kind of eh, about, mm-hmm. which is being a Far Cry game. Yeah. So I wonder if I wonder I wonder how I, I guess I say all that to wonder how I would feel with my only entry being like you guys mentioned earlier, um, Primal. How much was that game like a classic Far Cry with the encampments and all that? Um, because it watching was, this watching this game, it it looks like I would be just into it. Mm. The story looks amazing. You, Chris can tell you this: it was Far Cry Primal was Far Cry. Yeah, pretty much actually the same map as Far Cry Four. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. The only thing um, that really changed with Primal was just the type of weapons you had versus like yeah, it was still versus machine guns. I get it, it. It was still the same. You know, like you'd see the smoke in the distance, and you know that's an encampment. You know, you have to go do it here. They don't. I don't think they really do the smoke thing this time. It's just more of like. It's more of um, what Just Cause does, where you'll see red flags, red and white flags, yeah. and that kind of tells you the military's got something going over there, so I should fly over it and see what it is, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of learning how to play it. Mm-hmm. Well, the game uh, because it you, does. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry. I was gonna say, what are you guys playing it on? I, I kind of wanted to know that before you kind of went any further. I'm uh, on PS, PS5, Series PS5 X, Series X, and I'm watching. I've watched streams all week on PS5s, like. It looks freaking amazing. So it is very pretty. Um, uh, the character, it, no, it's, so it's it, fine. The characters, they look. Some people I've seen jokes is so funny. They they really they're saying they're like a last generation character model, but the world itself looks great. If that makes mm. sense, running on a PS Five. Yeah, I think the sunrise and sunset is yeah. if you're by like a beach is breathtaking. You know, yeah. to look at. But at the same time, Ubisoft has this thing they do or they've been doing more and more where it's like their idea of a really nice detailed face is that there are apparently 9 billion pores that are really exposed on the face. And sometimes it doesn't look good. Plus I think people think they remember what Voss looked like. Yeah, sure. Um, Character models are still some of the hardest things to do in game design. So, I mean, when you, to me, the, to me, it's the, it's secondary because I mean, from what I've played so far, they breathe a lot of life and personality into these characters. They are larger than life. They are crazy people mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, uh, Chris, did you notice uh, what what uh, jacket Guapo had on? <laughs> I'm trying to remember right now. I haven't used Guapo since. Forever. Yeah, I know. I, I it's if you know if you remember the the stunt guy from Far Cry Five. Oh yeah, okay, that was gotcha. His, like that was wow. his symbol. So it does a lot. It does a lot of cool things. I mean, all the Far Cry games are connected in some way. Like, mm. I think from the third, from three and four, and maybe even five, they had this wacky CIA agent that was that showed up in all of them. Yeah, but I it's been say. difficult for me to get into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes you just have to be in a Far Cry mood. Mm. Yeah. Um, plus, with the NLCS being a, a big distraction, I just got to the point where I was like. Everything seems kind of overwhelming at first. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to learn all these systems that I've 
played before. <laughs> it's like you have to refamiliarize, and everything seems so. I'm dying a lot yeah. because I'm Is finding that I'm, um, I'm very weak right now. Um, and I, I, I think I need to slow down and go back maybe to the original island and I don't know, beef up a little bit more. Um, the, I mean, with, with the idea that they, they, they do so much different. Is it Far Cry? Yes. But a lot of times from pre, I, I just prefer, and I could change my mind during the course of this, which is why I won't, I will not have a score for this game. I'm really not far enough to justify it. Um, it's just in, in the previous games, you'd go to the vendor vending machines and buy a new weapon that's stronger than the other one. And then you can, you know, take your experience points and beef up your, 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 your abilities, your uh, things like that. It was, it was very, very basic and to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, at this moment in time, I miss that. Whether that changes or not, as I get more experience with the game, remains to be seen. I mean, I still think that pound for pound, yeah, um, the best Far Cry game we've ever gotten is Far Cry Five because it just did everything. It, it it just it was like a greatest hits kind of Far Cry to me. But I think um, no, I'm with you. So yeah, one of the big, as John says, like the Far bigger, Cry Five was the best. Yeah, no, you're that's, with me. That's terrible. It's a piece. <laughs> of that's what I heard. but um as far as like i I think the biggest change for those to the core system of the game is instead of those abilities and then just finding weapons and as john said like as you just do stuff like liberate more and more stuff it's like oh hey more and more things are available for sale right they're kind of like regulated really weird because i've been at points where like i'm apparently level nine uh for level 10 even like for libertard and it's like the highest gun i can buy from a vendor is a level four right and i'm like why you know it doesn't make sense but then there are other types of weapons um that are special like the you know the famous cd gun that we see uh in the trailers where it's playing macarena while you shoot cds (laughs) at people's heads um (laughs) like those guns kind of have their own separate purchasing and resource system to do to do that and those seem to be unlocking a little bit more um than what i'm finding but i don't know i i don't like it because everything is kind of tied to this in the way gear is tied i would say to division is maybe the closest a little bit of assassin's creed but more so it reminds me of the division right where it's like here's a gun and you have to use resource to based on your level and what resource you have, you can mod it to make it better, right? And then over time, as long as you've bought those mods for one gun, any other type of gun you get that's more powerful, you can move them over and and recraft them. But it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a pain because while resource is plentiful, most of it's plentiful, I find the key things you actually really need are not plentiful. You do have to go. And again, this is like coming back to why you have to go and do checkpoints and in anti-aircraft bases and um and all the military bases because you need like especially gunpowder early on um to be able to <laughs> unlock and craft these things and until then you really can't play how you want to especially if you're a stealth player like the first couple of hours it's more of find the alarm take it out and then maybe quickly take out very weak enemies and then focus and get in there fast to kill the big guys right before they really know where you're at if you want to do yeah, it I mean, that way yeah like what what do most people do with outposts 
in Far Cry games. They take their sniper rifle, mm-hmm. they put a they put a muzzle on it or a, a silencer on it, and they just at first they take out the they take out the the alarm. You can you can shoot it from a distance. You take that out, then you start popping people. <laughs> and well, that's how you. Far Cry is done. But but with this, I mean, I'm trying to do I'm trying to use that's my problem. I'm I'm trying I'm I'm actually kind of trying to play this game like I would play a Far Cry. Mm-hmm. Like I've got this sniper rifle, and if I don't give a head get a headshot. The guy doesn't go down and it yeah. takes like, because my, my guns are so weak. And by the time I've taken the guy down, he's run all the way to the alarm and set the alarm. Then oh he dies. my God. You don't have a lot of time. <laughs> you don't have a lot of time. And it's like, wow. you have like when you're, so you have a phone and you can highlight all the enemies, right? And you're going to find out real quick. They have different types of weaknesses. And if you don't have the appropriate types of bullets on there, right? Like if you have armor piercing rounds, they're not going to do great against soft bullet targets versus the other way mm-hmm. around. And so therefore you have three weapon slots. You kind of have to plan this out, right? Like of making sure you have a balance so that everything is there. Mm-hmm. And especially early on with the suppressors, it kind of sucks because they don't fully eliminate noise, right? Dude. Like, so you even taking out a person with your sniper rifle, unless you're real far away, uh, they're going to hear it someone's going to hear and they're going to be alerted and they're going to start looking for a body. You know, I would, I would, I, I'm telling you right now, I would do my best to get every kill I could with a machete. <laughs> that is Those kills are BA. That was, honest, would, yeah, that was honestly how I started playing the game. I started running around. Like once I figured it out, I was like, I just don't care. It, like I said, either it was go full guns blazing. Cause I'm like in a tank or, or a, uh, helicopter which the good thing is you can get these things very early on which helps tra- traversal across the island uh because you know it's a very very big map um but on the flip side if i didn't have those things like if i was like on a story mission it was pretty much highlight and then just start running i had like a submachine gun that had a really good silencer on it and i would just go in and just start capping people and running and if someone was like hey they turn around and <laughs> right to the head with the machete <laughs> and it felt pretty good uh to do those things i mean the game feels good to play uh, don't get me wrong here like it, it's fun to go around like whether you're even like in first post first person mode being in a helicopter the thing controls so good that i never felt like i was being hampered by it right <laughs> so it's so we have a friend named josh and josh plays a game called rust josh cannot fly that helicopter at all rust has a different schematic so from what you've gathered you can fly this helicopter like a G you're good to go. It's yeah. It's any, almost anybody can pick it up. Yeah. Um, I, let me ask you guys a question I found and and I've watched this several times. I think it's a fantastic intro. What was it like playing the intro the first time when the thing that happens right before they say, welcome to far cry hap- like talking about you guys know what I'm talking the boat, the boat, the boat, let's call it the boat. I mean that literally the first time I watched it, I had headphones on my mouth hit the floor because of the setup. Yeah. It was, I'd very much known a lot like what you covered on who this main character guy is and all that. But I thought that was that was super cool way to do that. Yeah, I, I, I that's the kind of Far Cry I like. Like, yeah, you know, it's why three's always been my favorite. And there's a lot of that here where it's just like those scenes where you're coming in, you're like, something's probably going to happen. It's very bad. And I know that by the end of this, a bunch of bad things are going to happen. Like no one's coming <laughs> out of this game completely unscathed. Right. Um, right. But yeah, that, that, that's a good setup to just 
how he acts and how he can operate, right? Like poor it's, people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Uh, you know, we are on twitch.tv weekly games chat, and I got a couple of questions from there mm-hmm. that I wanted to try to squeeze in if it's a good time. If not, we can wait. But um, Solomon, K. Solomon says, I don't know if we covered this, and I don't think you did, mm-hmm. um, but are all the games, Far Cry 1 through now, are they connected in some way at all? Are they standalone? And that's also a lead into another question I got after you answer that one. They are very loosely connected. I don't even know if 5 is considered to be based on the way it ended, if it's actually considered to be in this timeline or whatever. But they, while they make some allusions to other things, usually in every game, right? Um, they're, they are, for the most part, an independent story. You, Whenever you're coming in here, it's not like you need to know like who Voss is to understand what's going on in this game. He's, you know, maybe I haven't encountered anything with Voss, uh, so I don't know. But, you know, like, I won't be surprised at some point in this game, like, I hear someone say, yeah, there's this drug, you know, smuggler over here that can move X, Y, and Z for us, right? And I'd be like, okay. Well, they were thinking it's at one point that the kid in the the game was Voss. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case at this point. I think we can roll that out. But um, they're all connected in some way. I don't know. I can't speak for Far Cry 1 and 2. I don't really think they are. But um, Far Cry 3, 4, and 5. Mm-hmm. are all considered connected in the same world, whatever that really means. Cause they have a, rec- I mean, I know for a fact they have a recurring character that shows up mm-hmm. uh, doing different things. I always think far cry five as being sort of a futuristic game. I almost think of it maybe as the last game of the timeline because the world. Yeah. Ends. <laughs> ends. Hey, spoilers. Uh, this is a great question from the legend himself, acid sugar. And uh, if you're a fan of this show or you listen, you Nobody definitely care about acid, acid sugar. Except for John. Uh, but he asked, uh, what does this game have for someone that's never played a Far Cry? I think just the basic Far Cry formula. I mean, it's a great, like, again, I said this, I'm biased because I've played a lot of these games, right? And it's just, mm-hmm. for me, I think I'm getting to my wits end where I'm like, I don't know how much more open world gaming I can do, and especially Ubisoft open world gaming and not get a little bit frustrated because I just feel like they could be tightened up, right? But for someone who's not experienced this, if you like an open world game with guns where you can just go around and experiment and try different things as far as like, you know, whether you just want to blow everything to hell or, or as you know, say like go in silently, you know, if you want to, you can be the dude who runs around in the darkness with a machete and, and that's all you do is just butcher people from behind. Uh, you know, that freedom is always there. And there, you know, there are tons of little other side activities, such as these like little treasure hunts, which are kind of cool to go through, uh, give you some cool visuals. There are races. Um, there's cockfighting in this game. Whoa. Right. Family show, Chris. Family show. I mean, that's what it's called. That's, that's, I'm just saying <laughs> the name of the thing. It's, it's called Schmock. Wow. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there's tons of activities to go about. And then on top of that, I would say again, for someone who's new to this there, from what I've seen so far, I think there's a great story to, to pull you through. Um, I would, maybe the one suggestion I would make is kind of how I've done it. And it's a lesson I learned after Valhalla, which is, I would say, make sure you go to a region and do that region and then move to the next one. Don't kind of keep them spread up and, you know, bouncing between because I just don't think the stories always flesh out as well versus just going like, we're doing this part. Now we're going to do this part. Uh, but you know, 
So that that's that's pretty. I mean, I I, I giggled. If you, I don't know if you caught it, but when you said, I was like, "What does Far Cry have for someone who's never played it?" And you were, you was like, "The Far Cry formula." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, if they've never played it, they don't know what the that is." But I think you kind of alluded to what it is as you continue to speak. So yeah, so very, 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 very nice. Um, I, I, man, how do I word this? So we we are in a world where most of us have have had to bite the, you know, swallow. And, and pay the 60 bucks for a game or the 70 in some cases, depending on what edition you got. Um, are you feeling like that's warranted for this purchase? Because it's a, that's a yeah. lot of money. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, I think for a lot of gamers, it feels like right now, this is the kind of game they do want, right? Something that they yeah. know when they buy it's, you could play this game you probably got- for 50 hours or you could play it probably for 150 hours and get your fill. Kind of like when John plays the uh, Guardians game, how he's going to play it for all the hours in the world coming up in a few days. De- no, okay, too soon. Sorry, guys. Sorry. But, <laughs> As he hey, holds it up, he's like, <laughs> I have that game. You got that game too? I do. Uh, don't mean to pivot from this topic, but I'm seeing some good things about that game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I, I I think it's well worth the price. I mean, I mean, the, the, the Far Cry as an open world game is the not just not just far cry to to some extent ubisoft tends to be the bludger for the criticism of open world games open world games when everybody talks about open world games and how we need to just you know a lot of open world games that aren't developed by ubisoft tend to get a pass and the far cries and the assassin's creeds they're the ones that are the typical target particularly far cry because you get a lot of you get a lot of criticism, not just to do with. I mean, you remember Far Cry Five? Yeah. That game got got mm-hmm. controversy. Got, yeah, I mean, Far Cry Three, Far Cry Four were were criticized for, you know, bro, painting with a broad brush <laughs> on different cultural mm-hmm. references. They were being stereotypical of cultural issues. Ironically, when Far Cry 5 got stereotypical, it wasn't stereotypical enough. They wanted to pan that a little bit more, and that was the criticism. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you're you're getting the biggest value for your buck content-wise yeah. in a Ubisoft open-world game. I still haven't beaten Valhalla. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that's what I'm, I mean, I, yeah. I, and I think that's fair because some of these games that I've thought about buying, I've, I've read up on them and they're not long i you know and that's a constant debate you'll always have so what if it's three hours but what if it's the best game you've ever played who cares how much you spend on it right um but there's a part of me as a buyer and i don't don't think i'm alone in this you you do want to know you're getting you know you're getting something yeah i mean to me more far cry is is never a bad thing Hmm. um maybe it's time to look at a different type of approach yeah but it's hard for me to visualize what that's supposed to be I would, I I, I'm to a point like it, it feels similar to me with syndicate, right? Um, uh, right. That was what it was called. John Assassin's Creed. Is it syndicate or the England one? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Good eye, mate. Yeah. Was- <laughs> but, uh, it, it's kind of like that point where I don't think anyone who played that game thought this is trash. This is just terrible. Right. It was just like, it's the formula we've done and, I think one of the reasons why Ubisoft gets a lot of criticism in their games is just that they're turning them out on a revolving door. You know, it, it's the same kind of thing like where sports games get this a lot, right? Like NBA Are 2K. They really, though? Yeah. 
Go look at NBA 2K and man scores right oh, he's now. talking about. Uh, you said that they're turning them out. Well, I, they've I slowed down a little bit. Anymore. I mean, if you think about it here, we had Far Cry this year. Last year, we had Watch Dogs and we had Assassin's Creed, right? The year before that, we had Far Cry, New Dawn. And then the year, uh, or was that the that year? Um, and then the year before that, you know, Odyssey uh, and Ghost Recon. Okay, I uh, thought you were talking about I'm a just, series being churned out. Yeah, I think like, well, even still, oh. like if you want to oh. just take something like Far Cry, right? We've gone from Far Cry 3 that came out in 2008 to now we're at Far Cry 6. And in between, there's been all these, you know, one-off games, Blood Dragon and Primal and all that, right? And I think it's just that the difference in why maybe they don't get a pass is you go and you look at something like Rockstar, which I don't think changes their formula that much. But we haven't had a new GTA game since 2013. We haven't needed one, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it's been fine. <laughs> and before that, Red Dead Redemption, we hadn't had a Red Dead game since 2009. So it's yeah. easy to give them a pass because it's been so long, you know, and say like, look, I've, I want to go back to this world. I think, though, for Ubisoft now with this series specifically, I would like it to at the very least be kind of like the break after Syndicate going to Origins where there was like that two-year period at least where and maybe for here it'd be nice if it was like three four years where instead of trying to take this game and make some one-off thing where maybe you play as one when he was younger or whatever i think that's probably what they're gonna end up doing in this you know that's my um, uh, spanish name right Juan. Oh, okay yeah uh, well i mean in fairness i i i, I take your point but yeah. far cry 5 was 2018 i mean sure we're talking three years i know new dawn is is in there somewhere yeah but it's, it was a smaller scale, sure. you know, open world game with not a lot of content to it. Um, so it's, you know, I, I get, I get 10 years between GTA games, but yeah. do you, you understand new, if people wanted a new GTA game, they need to stop buying the other one. Right. right? That's a good, I was sitting here thinking, and maybe you guys can help me. What was the last Ubisoft game that I've played? Probably. I know Division I played one two? of the watchdogs. Um, do you play Division two? I, so it was yeah. Division Two, yeah. yeah. Or actually, maybe Mario and Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I don't think did, you, did I open that game? Is it still sitting over there unopened? <laughs> I don't know. I bought it. <laughs> oh man, I don't remember if I played it. But yeah, I think the most recent one was mm -hmm. Division Two. Uh, and we we've got I, I gotta say we got someone who doesn't see us a lot. So I want to say hey, so they feel welcomed live on Twitch TV. Panda Claus jumps in and says, "Yo, caught Damn. a live one. Hype, hype." Yeah, we're here. Hi. How you doing? Good to see you. Division two was of of course for for a throwback, mm -hmm. uh, where I first saw in person, or I should say in game, the legend himself, John Rambo. So yeah. and, and Chris, I think uh, Sean, I think we could say Ubisoft started making some announcements about changing up their methodology with games. Yeah. Probably towards the middle of this development process. So it's mm. like, you know, you know they had already made the decision to probably going forward, like whatever this means and nobody knows what this means. Assassin's Creed is going to be in some form, a um, games as a service. It looks like going mm -hmm. forward, whatever that means. Um, I think this one might've been one of the ones they were talking about too, right? Like this and it, it, ghost recon. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I just hope that they never, ever make another sam fisher game that's all 
Yeah. I hope if they make another Sam Fisher game, it's not just a Far Cry Open game. Open world. Yeah. You gotta Far you Cry just, seven. You gotta you Sam gotta say Fisher. when he says that, you gotta say they hope you hope they never make another Metroid game. That's your comeback when he says that. Why would he say that? Because you said you hope they never make a Sam Fisher game. That's all he wants in the world. Rules for thee, not for me. <laughs> I, want, I love it. I just more so would like a new Mass Effect game. And <laughs> we apparently got one and I'm I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> not going to hold my breath. Um, so, John, you said you're not going to give a Richard, and I respect that since where you said you were. I'm about uh, six hours in. I just don't. Yeah. With a game like that. Yeah. Just... I'm probably about 25 hours in now. Um, which and... is which is funny, which is funny because that's how much, that's how many hours the GameSpot reviewer played. So yeah. he admitted he didn't finish the game and he still gave it a score. <laughs> well, I think a lot of them, you know, the thing that sucks for these reviewers when they do this, they like get handed to them four days in advance. And it's like, okay, embargo's Monday. Good luck. <laughs> and it's, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Finish uh, the game. Exactly. That's what they do. They go, they beat the main story and they don't really get to see everything in the way they want to, um, which sucks, which is why I don't want to be a game reviewer. But um, yeah, uh, for me, as I said, you know, I know there's parts for me where I've been down on this and I'm critical of just the formula and I don't think it it's terrible or anything. Um, maybe the inventory management is, that'd probably be the most critical component I would say I would give the game. But as I also said, I really think this story is good. And I think outside of maybe the starting area, I agree me and John were talking about this. It starts slow when you're on that first Island. I, I will admit that uh, like the first four hours or so there, it is a little bit of like, okay, what, what are we exactly doing here? Kind of trying to get your, your feet under you as you remember what Far Cry is and how this, how this is going to go. Get you a gun, get you some ammo. But man, machete one, a few people. Right. As soon as you get to the main island and you start talking with these uh, various groups and meeting them and seeing the developments that go on with them, like every time I would think this story's getting a little stale, they would have an event that would be like, oh, wow. Spice it up. Wow. Son. You know, just every you, you never know what's going to happen on a mission it can seem very basic at first and go to a very different place very fast. And I think that's what was pulling me through. It's probably what will pull me back. It's it's probably going to have to take a break here with all the art games coming out at the moment. But it's one of those things where, like, say, when I'm off for the Christmas holidays, I might sit down and make sure to come back and finish this. And I would say for me, it's an eight. So take that as a person who maybe has played a little too much Ubisoft games lately and is feeling a little, you know, spread out across bread, like, you know, butter across bread or something. Um, but jelly, maybe for someone else, if, if it, I would also say this, if you're probably someone who hasn't played since far cry three, or maybe your first one was far cry five and you really like that formula. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't come back and play this. So, Oh Yeah. So you're look, so look, Black Friday's coming up, and mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta be honest. Just watching this game, I like. I'm like, this, this looks pretty dope. It looks pretty fun. Yeah, I get a Black Friday deal. It's worth it. Go for it. Um, you will never finish this game. That's I know. That's true. I open world. If it's not how's an MMO, a, how's Skyward Sword coming? Why would you? Why would you do this in front of all my friends right now? I love you. Ask I'm me sorry. that on the side, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I squirrel, man. I, don't I know you do. It's oh part of your goodness. charm. Hey, you're beautiful too. Love you. you Speaking uh, of beautiful, that was a great topic time, guys. Look at that. That is professionalism at its best right there. Good job, Chris. Chris. Yeah. 
Do you guys uh, want to do? Uh, good, yeah. You guys want to do some news? Uh, yeah, that's nice. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 Hey, it's news. <laughs> and uh, let's just get it going, huh, John? Let me pull them up. Let's pull them up. I got to do the news. I hate this part of the show, guys. But you're so adorable, and you say little quirky things, and people like it, John. Um, that's uh, that's anecdotal. You anecdotal pivot. You don't know that. All right. So has Weekly Games Chat shown any growth in 2021? That's, uh, you don't know? Well, Xbox has. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll be it slow. Actually, yeah. Mm. Game Pass subscriptions have slowed in 2021. Mm. They're running out of people, folks. They're running. Out of <laughs> Everybody people. has it, according to the company. <laughs> Game Pass subscriptions have risen by 37.5 percent, but have fallen short of their projections of 47.8 percent. Last year, Game Pass increased its subscriptions by 86 percent. One likely contributor is the lack of new first-party content in 2021, with Halo Infinite still a couple of months away. This year, Game Pass subscribers have only received an Age of Empires remaster, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and Psychonauts 2. Really although, good game, though. Although really an Age of Empires 4 is on the way. Yeah. Really good game. Well, first party, yeah. Um, I'm not shocked. I does think it surprise you? does not surprise me at all. Makes I, sense. I would have thought they were going to be more in line with I the 37. I think they're being very generous to think it was only going to be a 47.8 versus, you know, I, no one would expect them to go double this, especially like right now where double it. <laughs> you double know, it. New consoles are hard to find, right? Oh, I got to uh, tell you guys, and, you're lying. And I was at our local Walmart. It's funny you say that mm -hmm. for the first time. And in, in the since last November, my eyes in the case saw three, three Xbox Series S's. Wait, X's. Yeah, series but those X's. really aren't. Those really aren't. We have them. Buy anymore. Doesn't matter. You could only everywhere else get them online and pick them up at the store. These were oh, in the case. Oh, so you're saying it was on? Okay, I see what you're saying. It was yeah. there. It was it right was, there. It was right in front of your old face. And you said if, it was if, S. I could. It was the Series S. No, yeah. the X. Wait, the, the the one we have. The one I, the one you guys have. Yes, that's the S. Yeah, Series S. Yeah, yeah. But it's they had them. But continue your thought. I totally interrupted and hijacked oh, that. My fine. bad. Um. Yeah, John's probably or the story's probably right in the sense that you know the fact that the two biggest releases they have in there to to pull you to say, hey, don't you want to come get this right now? It aren't out for at least in our couple weeks here with first forza and then then really more so halo i expect we'll see a little bit of a spike then but i just don't think that this is going to grow at like some humongous rate especially um until you get to the point where a consoles are available and b it microsoft has realized their dream where pretty much like hey every quarter we've got a you know a major first party game for you that's going to be available day one on Game Pass. Once you do that, then things might all of a sudden pick up. Like, right, like you get to 2023, 2024, 
and consoles have now become readily available. Maybe there's been a price drop, right? And all of a sudden, yeah, here comes, you know, Fable. Here comes... Uh, That'd be nice. That'd yeah, be good. you know, all, all those games that they have in development that we know about. But I am not shocked by this. Uh, pretty good lead-in right there, Chris. You probably didn't even mean to do it, but a lot of people were shocked about this. Some were even angered. I saw a tweet of a PS5 in a toilet based on what I'm about to read, ladies and gentlemen, because it was one of the only reasons the person bought a PlayStation. Uh, God of War is coming to PC. That's right. 2018's God of War will be coming to PC via Steam and, and the Epic Game Store on January 14th. It's currently available for pre-order for a measly $49.99. The game will have enhanced visuals, unlock frame rates, 4k resolution options and nvidia dlss and reflex support mm. according to the sony ps blog quote our primary goal when bringing god of war to pc was to highlight the exceptional content the team created and leverage the powerful hardware that the platform offers to create a uniquely breathtaking and high performance version of the game the game coming to pc seemingly confirms a leak of nvidia's geforce now database a few weeks ago Thoughts, prayers, guys? Is there any need to have a PlayStation anymore? Well, I mean, God of War came out in 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. I mean, this has been happening for a couple of years now. I mean, there's no reason. Mm. I mean, if, if, they, if, if they put it, if they put Spider-Man on PC, <laughs> I'm out. Hmm. Or uh, just kidding. the Ooh. next Uncharted or the next God of War. I mean, Last of Us Part Two or Horizon, yeah. Last of Us. Like they're putting, it, they're they're really liking putting stuff over there. It it seems like they're going with the idea of how Rockstar does it, where it's like put it on consoles and then first, yeah. and then maybe about two years later, I would imagine going forward it'll be put on PC. Which, hey, if you're a PC gamer, then yeah, this does make your life easier because Xbox, for the most part, is putting everything on there now, right? Uh, for their stuff, and then flip side you just know if you're willing to wait unless you're someone who has to put you know has fomo and just cannot wait if you're willing to more than likely it will end up over there and you can play it on your pc you know probably play better than what it would be on a ps5 or an xbox so you know that's good for them um so you know happy there's a bunch of people that will experience this game probably never have played a god of war just because all they do is play on pc Maybe. Mm. And uh, if you want to pivot or lead in right here, I got you. Uh, based on this next piece of news, there could be a lot of people that have played an MMO that never have, Chris. Right? Reports are coming in stating that Xbox Game Studios, along with Mainframe, is working on a cloud-based MMO that players will be able to access from almost any device. This could mark a big step forward for MMOs as it will run on a remote server and have mechanics that would scale depending on the complexity of said device. For example, uh, players can do simple tasks such as resource gathering on their phones while at work. I'm sure employers love that. Right. <laughs> but then when they're at home, they can perform more complicated tasks on their PC. Microsoft has yet to confirm this news. I think there was another leak on this, or at least the rumor is right now that this is a Wu-Tang Clan based MMO <laughs> is what I was I reading today. That. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, uh, cash rule everything around me. So cream. Yeah. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. And Microsoft knows how to make money. 
Mm-hmm. So that, that I probably would play a Wu Tang MMO. <laughs> oh, if there's a quest in it called uh, Duel of the Iron Mics or Dude, you know or the Battle of the Liquid you, Swords, I would I would have to. I wouldn't care if it was terrible, just because you'd I would have just, to just play it. Yeah, if I can run around it's like Riza and just <laughs> oh my god, use samurai sword, you got me. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, you know, so we'll have to see that. Like I said, they haven't confirmed anything, but we're seeing things. Sometimes these things they fizzle out. Sometimes they don't. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So what's in a name, John? Well, let me tell you what's in a name, Sean. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was hostile. I didn't that was a little harsh, a little, right. little hot. Uh, Blizzard has revealed the new name of the Overwatch character previously known as Jesse McCree, Cole Cassidy. I hate it. The new name <laughs> will take effect today. The official tweet from Blizzard pitches the new name to be a part of his character arc, (laughs) (laughs) stating that the character was, quote, running from his past and ultimately choosing to be honest with his team and himself. Yeah. Regarding who he really is, Cassidy's renaming was officially announced back in August. I don't know enough about Overwatch to know if this is a dumb rationalization for the name change, but who knows? The the McCree person. Was named. Or, I was you running know, from my past. You know, it came from the whole scandal. Well, uh, yeah, that that that's yeah. yeah. I understand that part, but worked into the story arc of the character. I don't know if it. I don't, I don't know, know enough it, about it either. I don't know if yeah. they can sell that or not. But what 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 you what can be sold is you speaking like that all the time. It's it's effing fantastic. If he goes, okay. we were just. <laughs> if we don't run from this past and it grabs a hold of us, past. I, w- I wish oh, I knew how to quit you. you. <laughs> well, that's not insensitive at all. Um, oh my goodness! Wow. Um, um, so I might be deleting my Facebook soon, and uh, not for the, just this reason. I, I teased that to Chris, and I'm teasing that now. Hmm. I'm just. Uh, I think I'm over Facebook. But anyway, name change for Facebook on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. According to sources from The Verge. Facebook is reportedly planning to change its name in an effort to reflect its work building the, quote, metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg is reportedly set to make the announcement on October 28th. So that will be tomorrow uh, if you, of course, downloaded this show on Wednesday like you should have. At the company's Connect conference, the name change will signal the company's intent to grow further beyond a social media company in more of a tech conglomerate. The name change will organize every org such as WhatsApp, Oculus VR, what's up, and other brands under one umbrella. As Zuckerberg told The Verge earlier this year, quote, we will effectively transition from people seeing us as primarily being a social media company to being a metaverse company. Yeah. There are a lot of yeah, people that are all about this metaverse stuff. Right yeah, now. I know. Like, what um, Spider-Man? What, what the... <laughs> what is going on, dude? Hmm. Uh, I do... I do, I do well, Marvel's I do, I do. doing it. We should do it too. <laughs> right. Let's come out with a plan of uh, all the different Facebooks that are come out over the next five years. Um, I, I, the one thing I do hate about my Oculus VR, if I'm being 100% transparent, mm-hmm. is the fact that I got to tie in Facebook with it. I got to. Yeah. What's the problem, Sean? Well, I just, I don't like having to do that. Certain things? No, no. Well, I mean, no, we, I mean, we no, have you our... Could, <laughs> You can turn off. So if you're thinking it's because, oh, he wants to go to sites, he shouldn't be going. Who says I shouldn't be going, first of all? But no, you can turn off all the privacy set. I just don't like having 
this device having to do that. I don't, I don't know. And, and it may sound silly because if I bought the, the Valve VR, mm. I think I got to tie it to the Steam thing. Sure. Yeah, but they're not really, they're not really watching. Right. What you or do. at least per, my perception is that they're not, and that could all be a, their a false use, thing. Their use of data is a little bit different than the use of data by Facebook, I think. Right. And maybe, <laughs> thank you guys for saying that a little bit better than me. Yeah. But, uh, I will say, Sean, um, speaking of Oculus, um, I'm, I'm hearing. Yes. And this might be a good topic for a show. Yes. Resident yes. Evil 4. Say it. Apparently Say is it. amazing Say in it. Oculus. Dude, we're talking amazing, amazing. Mm. And Atlanta Pierce herself said it was amazing, which means I have to experience this. I'm kind of surprised, you know, I just thought yeah. it, because those kinds of games, especially older games, those are hard to really, um, bring over to VR, but it feels, it feels like they actually took the time to do it. Like made it a true VR game versus just, Hey, let's just turn on the VR Dragon option. Yep. Yeah. I mean, she was talking about like literally throwing the knife back and forth feels legit or reaching in your pocket or on your side for your gun or whatever. It feels great. And those are big steps to take when you do a VR game. Mm. So, I mean, she seems, Chris, she seemed very happy. You know, it was also happy. <laughs> Ember Labs has revealed that Sony is happy with the sales numbers for Kenna or Kenna Bridge of Spirits. In fact, the game has already recouped the initial development cost. While they didn't note a sales number, they indicated they were pleasantly surprised at the sales so far, saying, quote, it's hard to tell. What's a huge success? Sony's happy. Um, Ken of Bridge <laughs> of Spirits launched on September 21st for PC, PS4, and PS5. We might cover it one day. Yeah, I, was like, but I was like, did we cover this thing? No. I played <laughs> a little bit. Greatest, that is the greatest. You saw me. I read ahead, obviously. I started <laughs> that is the greatest line in the news in the past six months. That's fantastic. Mm. <laughs> what exactly was the line? Uh, we might cover it one day. Maybe. I just read it. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. It's actually in the news. I feel, I feel like we've got a couple of titles that are like sitting in that block right now. They're in the pipeline. They're good yeah. to go. They're like, eh, but we could come out one day. Uh, did anybody buy it yet? Did you guys buy it yet? I did. Chris did, yeah. I've played a oh, little oh, bit. Oh, wait. We almost did. I was, I was, I was either going to cover Fist or Kenna. Mm. Or one of us was going to whoever it was either going to be fist or kenna yeah i mean yeah. I, i've played hey, john uh, yeah man you good i've played about I saw your, this doesn't have any online i saw mm. your thinking brain going on you were you were a lot of stuff going on just then you know, that little brain of yours it's scary in there i've no, played no. about maybe three hours of it um it's very so you, can, you can talk about it <laughs> yeah next um, week then chris but I want to play Guardians. Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, I mean, too. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a very, I will say this, very pretty game. It is great art style. Um, so. You notice he's not saying how it plays. You see how he's doing that? This is why Sean hasn't spent $40 on it yet. Because of Chris. Because <laughs> of Chris. Well, would you um, spend $40 on Nintendo Switch Online? I mean, it's possible but i'd like to hear a little more about what they're offering to be honest with you well sean some fans are unhappy oh no let me tell you why um some fans are unhappy with the service for nintendo switch online plus reporting lag and frame rate issues for the nintendo 64 games oh no lag is never good good. yeah never good fans were reporting input lag sound delays frame rate issues and incorrect controller layouts that's terrible 
it's hard to it, I, I will say from personal experience um playing these things on virtual console it's hard to translate the n64 controller to something different um the closest they ever got was the um the gamecube controller with the special ed- you remember what game it was you, you bought wind waker and they gave you another disc of all the of majora's mask and ocarina mm. of time on it that worked okay but uh here's a quote from some blog i'll quote anything um <laughs> considering the aggressive price tag on expansion pass it's understandable why people should uh, would be so put off by the myriad myriad of problems that are being seen here according to thread creator hustle bun <laughs> great name <laughs> second greatest thing ever in news i had yeah. to i had to put that in <laughs> hopefully Nintendo will be able to respond to these issues very quickly and they need to respond very quickly. You cannot make this some sort of what's that um what's that switch Joy-Con problem? The drift thing? The drift. Yeah. Yeah. You're charging people this much money, you got to you got to fix it's this. It's got to be tightened up. But how Dad. does it get to the point of release and not tighten up? How do you think this is going to be all right? Yeah. I don't I, think it's all right to begin with, but I think it's right. It's like people don't realize like how hard this stuff is like people like back what? when <laughs> well back like when xbox was doing their backwards compat like it came out and they said like people don't understand how hard it is to take an old thing and emulate it on mm. something that was never designed to work it and has different button combinations and to transport and make all those things work where uh, no one feels like you know dude technology the technology advances Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you can't tell me what used to be A can be A here. Yeah, it's not like well. I mean, it's not just that they actually. I think all these I, games I, I, been, I dumbed that way down, but you know what I'm saying. I think all these games have also been given a fresh coat of HD paint. Yeah. Okay. Um, may, I think I don't know if that means all of them. Mm-hmm. I think the the main perpetrator has been Ocarina of Time. I think has been the main problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only game that was good on that system. <laughs> Take that, Mario sixty four. <laughs> Mario sixty four was legit. He that's a troll. Almost went head in for that troll. Jeez, Louise. Whoo! Uh, let's pivot to Sony. State of Play has been announced uh, for today, Wednesday, October twenty seventh. Uh, the show will be around twenty minutes long, and will focus on upcoming third party releases headed to PS five and PS four. The show will begin at five p.m. Eastern time. If you downloaded this podcast and it's Wednesday and you just looked at it at six o'clock, you better go to YouTube because you missed it. Um, and it will include new looks at games we've already heard about and a few reveal mm. from their partners around the globe or world. Or I never know. I never know how to tell people when something is mm-hmm. anymore because when we were when we used to just pre-record and we love a good pre-record, <laughs> yeah. we would say we would say it's today because they're hearing it tomorrow. But now we record it live. Do it live. Pretty, I just don't know how to say it anymore. Just hey, whatever feels natural, sweetie. Just do you, boo. <sighs> just do you. There's, hey, but there's a Sony State of Play. It's exciting. I'm not. Um, I can't not, imagine what they're even going to talk about. Call of Duty. <laughs> it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be lame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like when minutes. they're saying like, "Oh, we're going to have a couple of reveals from our partners around the world." That sounds like. Square Enix needs to show something that's not even really that big, but they want a stage. Here it is. You know, I mean, how much, 
how much how satisfied do you get with 20 minutes honestly dude that's one two three four <laughs> times longer than normal uh but can you talk about halo's i mean it's not my fault it's that good can you talk about halo's campaign <laughs> i can <laughs> guys <laughs> Got halo infidence campaign exists it's your fault girl <laughs> hey that's all you boo for the first time since Halo. I got mine. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. For the first time since Halo Infinite's disastrous reveal at Microsoft's game showcase last year, 343 Studio or Industries has finally shown off gameplay of the upcoming holiday title. The six-minute trailer highlighted the updated visuals for the game and its sandbox style of gameplay. Highlights include Master Chief blowing up every banished base he came across, jumping out of one aircraft to take over another, an upgrade tree for the Chief, and him working with a new AI to figure out exactly what happened to Cortana. Wait, where's Cortana? Oh, someone didn't (laughs) finish Halo 5. Uh, The campaign in multiplayer will be available for people on Games Pass December 8th. And is... Chris, it, what does this game sound like to you? Is sounding like Far Cry a little bit? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. Formula, Chris. I, I don't know how we'll see how that goes, but it's been amazing to me. Like when you consider when how the reveal went for this, how bad it was, right? Yeah. And the fact that we've seen, like in this news, the last year or so, we've seen X number of person leaving 343 Industries, right? Just all sorts of turmoil. All of a sudden, ever since they dropped that Halo Four or Halo Infinite multiplayer, and then people first saw a trailer, and then they got to go in there and experience it. It's been doing this, and and I'm doing an incline for those who are listening. Uh, but then all of a sudden, this trailer comes out. I was like, "How's the internet going to feel about this?" And they seem to be just as hyped for this campaign. Um, as they are for the multiplayer. And I think it's mainly because it seems like they're bringing back that, that sandbox environment that they had kind of gone away from since three, where it's like, yeah, you know, obviously the difference here is it's open world, but people love those games because you could go in and approach them in a multitude of ways and go like, Oh, there's that over there. Let me see if I can. Oh, I can't get into that you all are about to die now because I'm in, you know, a tank or, you know, uh, in yeah. sort of ship or whatever. And, but you didn't have to do that. You could go the other way, you know, uh, that's what people like about it. The fact that now it's in an open environment, I'm interested to see people doing things that I would never dream of doing in a halo campaign, uh, in a couple of months. I think those could be some interesting things, but it also, I, I can't with, wait with, the uh, with that new ability he has with the, like the, the grappling, the grappling it kind of reminded me and i never played these games but it reminded me of the just cause games he was just wrecking shop mm-hmm. like yanking people out of ships and stuff like that game looked really nice mm-hmm. i'm 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 now more excited about playing it because you know i mean the, the single player campaign is what's going to draw me in yes more so than yeah i, I want to go th- i want to pick back up i may just start <laughs> two over again and try to go all the way through five before this comes out i think i'm gonna challenge myself I did it. I did all of them in about four, three months. Okay. Daily but, or just hammered away slowly. I was just, I wasn't in a hurry. Right. You know, but I, but I 
but I really enjoyed it. I, my my favorite one is actually Halo Four. Mm. Really dug that one. Nice single player wise. Nice. I think yeah. Three. Three. Chris, I may reach. have you. Uh, <laughs> I may stream it mm-hmm. just in like Discord, okay. and you can tell me where to go. <laughs> uh, Do that, buddy. Don't go there. <laughs> Pick up that rocket yeah, um, launcher. <laughs> uh so yeah john's about to talk about something that me and me and a friend who i consider a a uh destiny god at kind of gotten a little i don't mean to steal the word but a rift so, yeah this is uh got us all stirred up john well obviously i would be talking about bungie so um bungie uh pricing for which queen which queen <laughs> queen which queen is causing a rift bungie has outlined its pricing for its upcoming expansion for Destiny 2, and fans of the series appear to have some issues with the new pricing system. The Witch Queen uh, basic expansion, which retails at $39.99, will include the expansion in all four seasons for next year. However, if you wish to play the two new dungeons for the expansion, you'll need to buy either the Deluxe Edition at $79.99 or pay for each individual dungeon. On top of that, a third dungeon will be available to those who buy the Bungie 30th anniversary. And this is worse than online Nintendo. Right. Um, which costs $100 as a bundle with a deluxe edition. I'm having an aneurysm. Or it can be bought by a, bought for $25 standalone. In the past, Bungie has included dungeons that have been tied either to the standard expansion or the game or as part of a season pass. John, tell us about this. Yeah, you basically have never... I mean, people, the season pass doesn't, it doesn't hurt your wallet and you mm-hmm. want ex, 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 additional content. So if at most in a dungeon or a raid came as part of a season pass, you're cool with it. You're like, that's fine. I'm getting more stuff. I get perks for doing it. But all of this stuff generally came if you just bought the game. You got mm-hmm. to enjoy the game as it was made. You leveled up, you put your grind in, and it was time to go run the dungeon or the recently the dungeons or back in the day the raid. You could just do it. Mm-hmm. And this is different. And I tried to, my, this is my be, one of my best friends in the world. I tried to explain that to him and, and he didn't see really a difference. And I think he didn't see it because he's already bought the deluxe edition. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. The deluxe edition is 80 bucks. This 30th anniversary thing is a bungee thing. Just in general, it's an extra 25. That's where they're bringing up the hundred dollars. You can mm. get it for a hundred or you can keep everything separate. But the fact that you're having to buy basically buy content to, to or buy the right to play the content in addition to buying the game seems a little weird and i i i just simply i've seen nothing but bad news about this yeah it never goes uh, well when you change you know how pricing works for a like imagine if all of a sudden tomorrow wow said by the way so when the next expansion comes out you're gonna get two dungeons in one raid and every quarter we're gonna release a new raid element but you're gonna have to pay 10 more dollars for each of those there would be riots for those fans because they've been doing something the same way for 15 years now or whatever and now they're being told they have to pay more for something that they got a price here i i don't know what the right move in this is because i get it like bungie has never you know struck me as a company that's just trying to pad a bottom line and extend it out more To me, more than likely, they're doing this because they're looking at it and going, we're just not generating enough revenue, right, alone with the way we're doing this right now. And something has to change. And I guess maybe in their minds, 
it was either we include the dungeons, right? Or we raise the price of season passes and make it so that you have to buy each one of them individually instead of say like nine bucks for a season, we're going to go up to 15 or even maybe 20. Right. Um, and that, that's a hard trade-off to make. I, I guess for them, it comes down to what I, and I just don't know this. What do people spend the majority of their time in? Are they spending it doing the stuff for the season and then they do dungeons a little bit or are they spending the majority of their time really doing the dungeons, which actually still feeds what they're doing in the seasons anyways. Right. Um, that's, that's all Greek to me at this point. I think the the solution to me would be, and maybe people will pull back because they haven't said what the individual pricing is yet. Right. If they could come out and they're saying, look for each dungeon, it's 10 bucks. I'm fine with that. 10, 10 may still be a slight pushback. It's better than yeah. swallowing anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It just depends on what the pricing is. It's still, I don't know. It's still, they can counter and go, well, look, we're giving you a new game for mm-hmm. $39.99, standard price. Standard, it's, a, it's made for PS5 and Xbox or, or PS5 and PC, $39.99. You're going to get hours of content. Um, and now if you only have to pay, if we're, we're planning two dungeons or two raids and for each one is 10 bucks, mm-hmm. it kind of adds up and you kind of go, well, okay. Then people will shut up. But if not, Maybe shoot, maybe just raise the price instead of having it make the base edition instead of it being 40 bucks. Say, look, yeah, it's gonna have to be $65, $70. That's what we charge now. It's basically us releasing a new game, you know, as far as the amount of content we're giving you and the amount of work that goes in to develop it. And that might be a tough pill for some people to swallow, but at least they know I spend this one thing and I get everything, and it's not gonna have to go up to a hundred dollars to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, people that are still playing Destiny, they're playing the crap out of Destiny. That's true. They really true. are. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of controversy going around that. All right. Mm-hmm. We got a little more controversy to talk about. However, I cannot speak until another word is spoken. Finally this week. Blizzard. <laughs> Cancels BlizzCon Online for 2022. Following months of controversy, mm-hmm. Blizzard has decided not to go forward with this previously announced BlizzCon Online event that was announced earlier this year. In a statement, the company said, any BlizzCon event takes every single one of us to make happen. An entire company effort, fueled by our desire to share what we create with the community we care about so much. And we don't want to share nothing with yeah, you, right you, get, you lose, you get nothing. At this time, we feel the energy it would take to put on a show like this is best directed towards supporting our teams and progressing development of our games and experiences. Whatever the event looks like in the future, we also need to ensure that it feels as safe, welcoming, and inclusive as possible. Probably the right call. It's probably because they didn't have anything to say on the uh, Diablo mobile game. <laughs> Can you imagine? They're like, guys. That would have yeah. made people angry if they didn't have anything we to say. We can't go out that. there. We got nothing on Diablo. We've had this <laughs> other thing going on. We just stopped working. No, I don't mean to I'm, make light of it. This is uh, obviously yeah. the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even, I mean, even if, even if, the, even if the, the statement wasn't as heartfelt as it sounds, mm-hmm you would have people showing up and causing some BS. 
yeah, riot. There'd, be, there'd yeah, be a lot a of problems at an event like this. Granted, it would be online, but you'd, you'd, you know, you'd still see your share of problems. Yeah, outside. We wouldn't see it on the online experience, mm-hmm. but people in the chats and whatnot, it, it wouldn't and be a... The media yeah. would just consider it bad taste anyway. Let's just be frank about that. Yeah. Yeah, and no one likes... Yeah. No one likes bad taste in their mouth. But, you know, who expected Chris to, to say that, huh? Um, but, you know, it's not my fault. It's your fault, girl. The only <laughs> taste I want in my mouth is the taste of wrapping this up. What about you, Sean? Uh, never, broham. John? Just to be safe. We're here. Electronic mail from the future. All the way from the year 3000. Funny thing about doing what I just did in front of a dog is how a dog looks at you. And John, I now feel your pain because your dogs probably look at you funny too. Uh, and I'm sure Penny does too, Chris. I don't know. Uh, but this is our email section of the show where you guys, we get to kind of interact with all of you. You find Richards and Richettes. Um, if you want to send an email to us, weeklygameshat at gmail.com is the place. And guys, there's three emails. There's three of us. Let's That's all true. tackle one. Since I just talked about some Blizzard stuff, you guys go first and I'll go last. Divvy right. yourselves up, okay? I am clicking on Mr. David McClendon. All right. All right. Did I just do... Oh, are you going to go? Um, do you want to go? or <laughs> I, That's just the one I opened. Is what I'm saying. Why, why say John, John, you either get John or Dan. Let's, let's go with Dan. Let me just go ahead and read Dan, or do you want to go first? Doesn't matter. All you right. guys are a mess. <laughs> this comes from Dan. All right, lads. That's basically a hello to everybody. Hello. hello. Haven't emailed in a while, and so after hearing your dismay at having none to read this week, we had we that was we had we had no. <laughs> Sometimes they gotta be reminded. <laughs> I so thought good, I would Dan. send one along. Firstly, John, Sean, and Chris, you were all gentlemen and scholars. Thank you, sir. Supreme down-to-earth content as always. Thank you. Thank you. Earlier this year, I got into custom PC building and now have a decent machine. How did you pull that off? I am running a Ryzen 5 5600X. 32 gig Vengeance Pro RAM. I can't. You see it. Ram. Uh, Yeah. M.2 MVME STS. Nice. You picked this one. SSDs to make loading buttery smooth. I like like a buttery smooth load. Correct. Yes. Wait, what? What? Topped off with an RTX 3060 Ti. Hey. It's insane to be running most of all games on ultra settings, and I can now get through my Steam backlog. Shut up. (laughs) I also tried to get back into Cyberpunk 2077, but the improved fidelity wasn't enough to pull me in, and I went back to Witcher 3. What are your PC setups? I also just started a playthrough of The Last of Us Part 2 on my PS5 as it is now a 60 frames per second and and after only a couple of hours I'm completely locked into the story. Wait another four. Uh, Peace, love, and happiness to you and all. Yeah. uh, And thank you for nurturing a lovely 
community. Oh, you hear that? Yeah. You guys are lovely. I love it. Good and I love email, Dan. We're nurturers. I love it, Dan. Um, my PC setup, I have a i7-9700K uh, CPU rocking with 32 gigs of 3600 uh, DRAM, a two NVMEs, and uh, now a 3080, RTX 3080 that is water-cooled. And that's not, that 3080 is nice. nice. Yes. Yeah. The only thing is um, the radiator is mounted to the top <laughs> of my fan. So like I was uh, at lunch, I fired up Guardians to see it, what it looked like. Yeah. And afterwards, I t- touched the top of my case and I was like, ooh, a little warm. Okay. You're running it on the PC then? Yeah. Nice. Johnny, do you know how to find your PC specs real quick? Are you, are you <laughs> yeah, good? right there. <laughs> They're in my brain, bro. Uh, you can tell them what you got. Uh, I've got a, a radiant. Wait. Ryzen? Yes. I have a Radeon RX 5700 uh, graphics card, and my CPU is a Ryzen 7 2700, I believe. 30, 30 I remember. No, I think it's 27. Right-click Windows. Right-click Windows right now, John. I believe, I believe you're rocking. <laughs> right-click six. Windows, go up to System. That's all I want you to do. Right-click Windows, go to System. I believe you're rocking a 16 gigs of that RAM there, too. Yes, yeah. that is correct. That's correct. I do have a, I do have an SSD, but it's like a, what was it, Chris? Like a 250 gig SSD. Not very big. Oh, NVMe. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even think it's a dot. Yeah. I don't think it's an M dot two. It might, maybe it is. Yeah. I'm rocking a Ryzen 7 3700X. I've got 32 gigs of RAM. I forget what speed they're at, but they're pretty good. Uh, and I've also got one NVMe M.2 that was for that. The intent was to be my system, my uh, OS to be running on it. But I quickly realized how great they are and I want to put another one in. Thank God my motherboard has another slot. I do have an additional SSD that was going to be for games for playing them, but they don't load near as fast. Hmm. And then my goal was to throw in an HDD, like a two terabyte, just to store things like pictures and stuff. So that's in there too. Um, so yeah, we're all rock. Oh, I got a 5600 XT, which they released it. It was the 5700 killer. Um, so then they kind of went to just the 5700 XTs and the 5600 XT. So mm. yeah, running PC games is great. I do um I do want to upgrade my card though. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's great for like 2K gaming, but um, yeah. I kind of want it to be a little better. And Chris, you want to boost up that frame rate? Yeah, I want to boost the frame rate's great. Um, if I if I do 1080p games, um, but I'm rocking a 2K monitor and it just kind of it does what it needs to do. But I'm I'm nervous about the future. So yeah. hopefully they can get some of those cards where I can buy one. That was the fun part today when I was like, yes, I will turn on ray tracing and put it on Max. And because of DLSS, yes, this game on Max settings will run at 114 frames per second, <laughs> no matter nice. what. What it's game? Nice. Guardians. Uh, Guardians game. Yeah. Oh, you got it on PC? Yeah, because yeah. it I don't believe it has ray tracing on um, the console versions. So at least right now. It has trophies, though. But, it has um, PS trophies. It does. <laughs> Steam has. <laughs> I have Steam achievements. Ooh, or nice. Steam special. achievements suck. <laughs> Are you reading David's email? I am. All right. Let's, y'all sit back because this is a journey. Uh, dear Richards, first off, I am glad that Autocorrect knew that when I typed Rick, it should complete the word to Richards. <laughs> That's nice. Right? Secondly, Spinner Wow! Spinner Wow! 
Still waiting on a t-shirt I can purchase that says, it's been a while, but I digress. Actually, no, I'm as ADD as you guys, so let's linger there for a moment. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I'll wait while we hear from Chris on his assessment of Kirk (laughs) Cousins as a quarterback. Oh, Kirky Cousins, buddy. Peace up. Okay, now that that is done, thank God, uh, we can move on to me telling you about my third favorite podcast, Purple for the Win. I'm guessing that's what FTW stood for. A Vikings YouTube nope. channel uh, with a dude who is almost almost as entertaining as you guys. I don't know the history of it, but he calls folks who watch his channel Jerome's, and he sells t-shirts that say Jerome. That's clever. Every time I see t- uh, said t-shirt, all I can think is that I want a t-shirt that simply says Richard. Dude, hmm. I, uh, these guys won't do it. I'm going to just say it. I want to make money on merch, and they don't want to do it. I mean, Acid, actually, help me. Thanks, Sean, I actually believe that there is a revenue stream coming into this show. Mm-hmm. That Chris is hoarding. We just don't know about it. We're poor. We're eating ramen noodles. Meanwhile, Chris has an 86,000 graphics card, whatever he's got. I buy physical to trade in the game. <laughs> it's oh, it's uh, absurd. Chris is over here getting all digital content. Yeah. The it's boy absurd. is getting revenue streams from this show. We just got to figure out what it is. It's called Game Pass. Thank you. Um, <laughs> just saying, fellas, you got to put out that sweet, sweet merch for us, Richards, to buy and help fund your Nintendo Switch Online <laughs> subscriptions. That's pretty good. He's not uh, wrong there. Which leads to the main point of this email. I just listened to your segment on Nintendo Switch Online's new pricing structure, and I have thoughts. I completely, and prayers. Right? And prayers. Uh, I completely agree with Chris in that I wish both Sony and Microsoft would follow suit in adopting something akin to Game Pass. Um, or I think you mean Sony and Nintendo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having taken more than a decade off from gaming during the Wii and Wii U eras, I missed the virtual shop. So when I read posts on Reddit or elsewhere and see the common angry sentiment towards NSO, I feel baffled. Generally, there are cries of bring back the virtual shop. NSO sucks. I don't get it. Being an old guy, I love having access to all the NES and SNES titles. Yeah, I don't care. Boom! <laughs> They've dropped. They put dashes in there. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> They've dropped on their service. I've played a huge chunk of the tiles available. Would I prefer to purchase all of them separately? Nope. <laughs> Would I have played Star Tropics or Kirby's Adventure or Demon's Crest or Donkey Kong Country 3 if said games were only available through the virtual shop? Probably not. Right now, I spend far less on my NSO subs- subscription than I would on far fewer titles. For that reason alone, I prefer NSO to the virtual shop. Fair point. Fair mm. point. The added tier is only going to increase the value. Mm. Remember how folks were up in arms how few uh, NES games were initially announced. Now I think most reasonable folks would say it's a great value for all the vintage content. That's true. Not uh, wrong. As for the argument, but you'll never own the games. A few points. First, how many things do we actually own these days? Good point. Any movie we watch ever, any Kindle book we read, ownership has become systematically sketchy. Semantically, to- Chris. Oh, yeah. Semantically, sorry. Sketchy topic in the digital era. And I'm okay with that. I used to collect media, thousands upon thousands of CDs. I'm a musician. I'm right there with you. What up? Uh, hundreds of DVDs, more books than the Library of Congress. And <laughs> it's just stuff. Clutter. Wall space I could be using for paintings of Italian vistas and some old <laughs> 
Those sound fabulous. Right. And if all I'm doing is renting a title for a few years, I don't care. I'll just move on to the next 50 million options I have for entertainment. Ownership is an illusion that fosters a false sense of control. Cues John philosophical counterpoint. I'm with you on this. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, Okay. Also, I'm 44, have expendable income, and I don't need to trade in everything to afford the next thing. I've embraced the digital era like a long lost lover. So here's my point. I do not get the sentiment that Nintendo should scrap NSO and go back to the virtual console. That is the new tier isn't going to become a great value that the NSO drip feeds old titles is abysmal. Yes. Nintendo needs to improve it. Voice chat, friends, requests, messaging, all the online social stuff, etc. but services and subscriptions, whether we like it or not are the future. The in, future. In some ways, I hate it. Who wants to sign up for freaking Peacock, right? Exactly. <laughs> Especially the one soccer. But when it comes to gaming, I look at what Microsoft has done with Game Pass, and I have say, I say they have all but nailed it. It's the best value in gaming. It has every Bethesda game, on and on. So let's assume for the argument's sake, or the sake of argument, that Nintendo will continue to improve upon it. So let's assume they see what Microsoft has done with Game Pass and are very intrigued. I'll step out on a limb here. Let's assume then 2031, another 10 years perhaps, maybe less, Nintendo has released another console or two. Services and subscriptions have become even more the norm. And Nintendo adds all the standard online social stuff we want, chat, etc. And it also decides to release every or several Nintendo titles as part of its monthly subscription. Hear me out. Would you guys pay $15 or $20 a month to get new release Nintendo first party titles. I absolutely would. And for them, if they're smart and keep the switch as an uh, iterative platform closer to the series S and X long-term plan, they could end up with a couple hundred million switch users and potential subscribers. What if in 10 years, that is the way things head. They'll just keep improving on the switch platform, not completely overhauling everything uh, to new gen. They nailed hybrid gaming with the Switch, and unless I'm missing something, where else is there to go except perhaps VR? I, for one, wholly embrace this future, and perhaps it won't be quite the extensive Nintendo embracing this-is-all-subscription-based gaming platform. They are Nintendo. But at the very least, I still say that the direction NSO is headed is better than the alternative of having to purchase every individual vintage game. Even with the addition of a new tier that is meh of a deal for now, it will only improve uh, as a value with time. Okay, I'd love to hear your thoughts on my thoughts, knock on my thoughts, and any thoughts of all of our thoughts from fellow Richards who may want to chime in. (laughs) It's been too long, fellas. I'll not be the delinquent in the future. Chris, read the words that are on the thing. Delinquent? As delinquent in the future. Ah, That's all he was trying to say. Okay, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> peace, love, and cheap beer. Dave in Northern Virginia, a.k.a. Zorro, on Discord. Dave McClendon. Dave always North- writes our George R. R. Martin emails, and it's I fine because he really structures them very well. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. And it has been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. He makes a good point as far as, like, yeah, you, no matter what, subscribe. it's why... First off, uh, the first one that came really was the music stuff, right? As soon as Spotify started doing it and then Apple got to it, Pandora, all those. No one buys CDs really anymore. 
they just buy the subscription. You just pick the one you like and boom, you've got every Beatles song, every, you know, Tupac song, whatever your, your boat might be at the moment. Cause and, not, not everybody's yeah. a DJ. I'm, I'm an exception to that. Cause I need to actually, sure. Apple music, Spotify, they don't let you stream the songs mm-hmm. you, you download, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but DJ services are also starting to allow streaming services for your sets. Sure. Which is scary to think of from my perspective. But as far as gaming goes, I w- John and I are, we're all like, we talked about this before. We don't want to embrace this future where you don't get a physical something you own. But the point made is once you kind of cycle through it, it becomes clutter. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at just a thousand games right there, right what, there. What is it like? I saw a story this week that basically said by 2026, Disney uh, Plus is going to be the largest online s- subscription service overtaking Netflix. And it's it, awesome. Yeah. It, it makes sense from their perspective because you're like, we have every Marvel movie, we have every <laughs> Star Wars movie, we have every Pixar movie. And eventually, at some point, they might just go, we're going to have a higher tier and you can get all these things in day one. And you know what? Screw movie theaters because we don't care. We don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing I don't like about where it's going, at least initially, and in, in the current gen, mm-hmm. it seems like, yeah, we are going to start going to more of a, you know, digital subscription based kind of model. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Nintendo's the only one I never ran out of storage on the Switch. I never did. I've already run out of PS5 storage and I haven't bought a lot of games. Yeah. I don't I don't know if Nintendo could do like as he was saying, fifteen, twenty dollars a month for new titles just because yeah, like Nintendo, they ha- they're one hold up of the kind of company they are. They they have to really space out their stuff, right? Like they get usually two or three four a year but you know it's usually one really big title and then kind of i would say the second cut that we call it like you know super mario golf or a curve game game's amazing which is not to say they're bad games i'm just saying like they're not going to be clamored in the way that mario kart right <clears throat> and those kind of things would be so i don't know um how that would work but if they spend and get a bunch of third-party people to come in on them that that answers that problem for them true Mm-hmm. Um, I like, but I, I again just to highlight it David it's great to hear from you I, I love the the structure and the length and, and it all makes a lot of sense that you're not just rambling I, hell I might even listen to it if you were rambling John uh, did, this, did you have thoughts I was going to say you've been just, um, just one I guess I, I understand the enticing nature of subscription based services when it comes to gaming like Game Pass mm-hmm. um, I understand the urge to want it I don't think that we'll like the gaming industry that it creates. Yeah, we, yeah um, I agree. Yeah, I just, I really don't think you're going to want that. Um, because <clears throat> Microsoft has the ability to, I guess, pay a developer money that they would otherwise lose mm-hmm. on the platform. The only way, the only way that Microsoft entices people to put the game on their platform or meaning their game pass is because it's clear that they're not going to make their money in sales. So here's what we, here's what it here's what here's what the value of giving up our sales dollars means to us. And if you do that to Nintendo, <clears throat> I believe if you do that with Nintendo, if if Sony and Nintendo are forced to compete that way, the quality of games are going to go down, not up. 
I just think it's, I, I just think, and I'm borrowing this term. It is a race to the bottom. So I think we should be, be, we should be careful what we wish for. We should be, we should be, we should be deciding whether we are, whether inconvenience Trump's quality in this, in this scenario. Yeah. And I almost I, think that, I almost think it's a moot point. I almost think that people are going to have to figure out a way to do what Microsoft is doing. But Mike, everybody's talking about the value of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the fourteen ninety nine a month, that's one hundred and seventy nine dollars a year. Oh yeah. Think about it in those terms, and what have we gotten for it? A lot of old games and three new ones. And I got to talk. Uh, did we really online. get? Did we yeah, really get our value? I would right. say, you're well, not, you're not wrong. I mean, this year you got a oh, lot. Here we go. I would say, I mean, you're basically saying for three games a year is what the full price of if you want the top tier of of Game Pass right now, right? Three games a year, hundred eighty dollars. And really, I guess Which it's, means it's I can skip Game Pass if it's not something I really use. Yeah, and just buy games. But on the flip side here, I mean, this year alone, <laughs> you got on day one, you've gotten the medium, then you got Outriders, you got Psychonauts. You got a Microsoft Flight Simulator. You're about to get a Forza game. You're going to get Halo a month after First that. First game that I gave a crap about. Yeah. You just five games but a year. You're my, doing your finger counting. But I'm so well, they were new games, but you got you to gotta say things like God of War, Halo. But you start that's, throwing those kind of games out, Chris, that's great. But this other crap you listed, I could care less That's about. where you're getting to. But I think the other side of it, though, is what was the likelihood that those five games I just listed, that they would have had as many people playing them, right? I don't know. You know, is that's the that's the argument of going back and forth. I don't think everyone would go out there and spend sixty bucks on Psychonauts or Flight Simulator, but they have Game Pass. They're going to probably fire it up if they have a Series X, right? Just to see how it is. Be like, well, it's here. It's free for me as far as my service. Why would I not play it if it looks somewhat interesting to me? And I think the developers of Outriders, mm -hmm. it's probably something that they're regretting putting on Game Pass because I think they they probably could have churned out more sales for that game. I I want it on record that I'm not I'm not wishing for this future at all. I'm I'm somewhat against it. I've only started kind of embracing it because how can I stop it? To to say what John, I don't think it will be the quality that goes down because I just don't think people will allow that i think what's more than likely is kind of what you're seeing the early phases of now more developers are going to go get bought out by bigger companies because bigger companies can get better deals with microsoft right and then therefore they also have more money to spend to help finance said game and if they know microsoft's already paying x y and z for them it's easier for them to take that risk so i, I mean, think that's it, that's what's if gonna you put happen. it through the if you put it through the context of of Microsoft is trying to be the Amazon of the retail world yeah. of the video game world. Mm-hmm. Um, that should, I mean, look, I love Phil Spencer. I like a lot of the things he, I like a lot of the things he feels about gaming, but I think he's, I think he's taking, I think he's taking gaming to a, to us, to an exciting place, but we're too busy being excited about it. It's yeah. like, what, you know, what did Jeff Goldblum say? You were too busy thinking about whether you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. No. So that's just my uh, two cents. Yeah. I, I like, I actually, that's one of my favorite quotes um, ever. So uh, we got a, one, one final email we're going to read because Sean has to go buy a dishwasher. It's from John. 
And John says, hey, guys. Not this John. So, hey, guys. John, you could have just told us. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hope you all are doing well. Uh, Been a few weeks since I wrote in. Been doing cleanup from from Hurricane Ida. Cleanup from Hurricane Ida. Mm. Luckily, my house had no damage, but my store got totally messed up. That's Yeah, sorry to hear that. Uh, Anyways, I've been playing Metroid Dread, and I'm really enjoying it. Believe it or not, Metroid Fusion is the first and only Metroid game I ever played. However, I never finished it. I played about 75% of the way and got stuck. I could not figure out what to do to progress, progress, so eventually I gave up. This has haunted me my entire life. Every now and then. Huh? I said as it should. Every now and then I think I would think about Metroid Fusion and how I never finished a game I loved so much as a kid. While Fusion is the only game I've played, I'm very knowledgeable about the series. I've watched uh Timeline videos, theories, etc. Just because of how interesting the series is to me. The main reason I'm telling this long backstory about Fusion is because a few weeks before Dread came out, I watched a bunch of videos on the series and saw the exact room in Fusion I got uh. stuck in and how <laughs> to progress forward. I was furious that all I had to do was shoot the wall and it would have opened a path forward for me. See? That's Some, crazy. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Hurricane Ida hit hit and my store was shut down for two weeks i came back to work for one day and tested positive for covid and went back out for another two weeks i'm fully vaccinated and i believe that's why i didn't have the virus as bad as other people my father is against anything covid related and when he got it i honestly thought he was going to die but luckily he pulled out that's what's up or pulled through. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think he pulled out, John. He, pull, he pulled through. Your Never. dad did not pull Never. out, buddy. Never. Buddy, your dad did not pull out, John. Uh, thank you for all the great content you guys make. I've included some hurricane photos for you guys, too. And, yeah, that yeah. looks devastating. Yeah, that store is whew, bad. That store is that's crazy how it lit up like that. But good to hear from you. Good to hear that you saw how to finally beat Fusion. And I love that you're playing Dread. I really want to play Dread. It's crazy. You want to borrow it? I kind of do. Uh, I told John when I borrow it from him, I'm going to take my Switch over. He can put the cartridge into the Switch, and it's going to stay in the Switch until I'm <laughs> Don't done Don't the case it. or anything. Yeah. yeah. The thing with me, and it's such a revolving loop, it sucks for me. Mm. It's like it's like I got podcasts. We record on Tuesday. And by Friday, Saturday, I'm DJing, Sunday reco- recovering. and then. But in the meantime, I got work. It's Friday it's, night. It's just a loop. And I don't have, I don't do anything anything yeah it's crazy um that's all for emails once again weekly games chat at gmail.com over on twitter there was a message i wanted to read from nat the gooner and chris is walking away which sucks um because this has this is the tie-in so maybe i should hold up i'll back up let's go look at notifications um <laughs> uh, <laughs> nacho um i i put out a tweet this week that you know we were on uh, Spotify and Nacho was like, "Look at you promoting and shit." It's almost like you professionals now. Hashtag game on. That's what's up. <laughs> uh, I really like that. Uh, Tom Juice says, "What weekly game chat? Welcome back, boys. It's been a long fortnight without you. I've missed you, missed your scent, missed your auditory musk, and on top of old man chat, I'm loving beer chat. Here's a solid coffee stout I'm having tonight. Game on, John. I think you need to try Grassy Knoll." Double shot stout. That looks a coffee stout sounds delicious. Mmm, delicious. Nothing, nothing good came from the grassy knoll. You're not 
you're not you're not wrong. Uh, but Chris, I'm glad you're back. I wanted to highlight this uh, message from Nat the Gooner. I DM'd us. I never left. They, I'm going to edit all this out. I've already <laughs> said you left. And if you edit anything ever again, we riot and we never come back. Um, so he puts up a map uh, of basically stats from this DNA story. And they're all over Massachusetts, like where he comes from, his, his DNA, his ancestors. Mm-hmm. So he says, you nailed it with the Patriots. According to Ancestry DNA, my ancestors immigrated to the exact area near Boston in 1825. Oh, wow. Not sure why they went there in particular, but they did. I watched them hammer the Jets and love the fact that they fire muskets when they score touchdowns. Thanks, guys. So we, um, hey, it's destiny, destiny. And uh, your team won and won big this weekend. Old Mac Jones shelled out. I had like 300 yeah, something. I thought you were talking to me for a minute. I was like, my team lost to the freaking Colts. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Good run back. Thanks. My team, my my team lost to the Packers, so I feel you. Hey, we got a couple of followers. I haven't done this in a while. Um, at C Moline. Malin, hope I'm saying that right. Thank you for the follow, following you back. Mylan? At at Polk One US. Thank you for the follow, following you back. At D Kunha Sean. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, following back, and at Hyper Panda seven two four. Thank you uh, for the follow, following you back, and it's very interesting that you uh, play video games for a living. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. So that's thank you all living. for the follows and following back on Twitter again at Weekly Game Chat on Twitter, and you can see things that we tweet and you can interact with us. And finally, we go over here to the Discord channel. Uh, that's of course Weekly Games Chat on the Discord. And to get to there, there's a link on our Twitter page. So you can find us and you can see things. Uh, you can join our you know, metaverse like, through there. <laughs> like like Nacho Gamer, who showed that he got a Switch, I think, light. Mm. He got Metroid and he got something else. That's a f- possible Fire Emblem game, I think. Ooh. Or Pokemon game. I can't tell. That's in the main chat if one of you guys want to look. But we do I have can't. emails. So let me go see. Uh, so, yeah, it was funny. At the end of last week, if you listen, we were trying to get Nat to uh, pick a team. We ended up uh, with the Patriots and Punkhead had written in and said, please make your case for the Niners or Washington because Punk knows that's our teams and it didn't it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> he followed up on uh, with that talk, I think. Yes, this is definitely Bill Belichick as a portrait that Punkhead did of the most charismatic coach ever and I think that needs to go on our main channel. There you go. That is, that is funny, and that's a spot on Bill Belichick. So, uh, you know, we will highlight your messages you put. And let me go ahead and do my little Sean icon on that. There you go for you. Uh, we do highlight your emails that you put, you bring to the show via Discord. So once again, all of our social media, media, media. Chris, you could probably start the music. <laughs> uh, weekly Games Chat at gmail.com. Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. Discord. Uh, is linked on that Twitter page. This has been episode 330. Uh, excellent Far Cry 6 review. I appreciate everything. I appreciate the folks that stopped by and said hello. Wherever you find our podcast, please leave a review for us. At least four stars. Five stars is the best. We appreciate it. I need to see Chris now because he gives me a look when it's time for me to speed up or slow down. He's giving me the thing. Game on to Chris and John. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. 
Game on. To who? Johnny Chris. There you go. <laughs> and this is where I say peace out, everybody. Have a good week. Your mom's box. Thug love.